All right. Hey, guys, we're live. I'm sorry that uh, I'm late. I was actually on the phone and wasn't paying attention. I'm not looking at the camera. I was uh, actually on the phone and I didn't pay attention at the time. Uh, so I'm late, right? But it's Friday. It's Friday, right? Share this out, share this out, share this out. So today we're going to talk about prophecy. So hopefully you guys will um, log in here and uh, come in and see what's going on. Right. So like I said, share this out and uh, I apologize for being late. Uh, I was uh, having problems with my Internet, <laughs> but moreover, I was actually distracted on the phone, on my cell phone uh, talking to a, a buddy of mine. And uh, so now I'm on my cell phone here going live. So today we're going to cover prophecy. This is something I don't normally do and I don't normally talk about prophecy uh, very much. And um, I want to start with. Uh, telling you that the prophecy that we're going to be talking about is going to be dealing with the Third World War, and it's actually a translation uh, from Nostradamus. At least it was claimed that it was a translation of the real translation of Nostradamus, which can't be found anywhere in the world since then, right? So, Denise, welcome. Kathy, welcome. Jacob, welcome. Anne, welcome. Share this out, guys. Uh, please, share this out, share this out. So, I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to tell you guys everything I know, okay? Now, I normally don't do this. We've, when, when it comes to a prophecy, the first thing you need to understand, and Nostradamus said this as well, so there's some people out there who always poo-poo Nostradamus and say, none of his stuff comes true until after the fact. If you've actually read Nostradamus, the first thing Nostradamus said is, and it's and Yoda has said this in the Star Wars saga as well. Okay, he said, now Nostradamus said, these events are not events that are going to happen or actually have to happen. These are warnings of possible future events that may happen. And people just don't know about that part of what he said. And they take everything at, at face value. And it was all written in quatrains and, um, and you know, basically it, uh, encrypted to, um, to not let algorithms catch them, whatever, right? So because at the time, back in the 1500s, if he were to uh, tell people that he had this ability, he could be put to death for it. And it was even uh, when he did work for the king, he ended up being put to death because he told them the king's kids were all going to die. Uh, and so they did. And so they killed Nostradamus for it. <laughs> right? So he was worried about being called a heretic by the church. And uh, but however, the truth is the future is not certain. OK, and we know this. It's very fluid. We control the narrative here. We control the matrix. So we control what happens in the future. So if we know a thing just like and here's the example uh, and why I'm doing this, because um, being told by raw that the Orion um, um, group uh, crusaders are part of the, they have temporal war. They're, they're talking, going back in time, right? And changing the narrative and trying to get us all to believe that we're a, a slave labor race. I just watched a video, part of a video uh, from 1995, and I can't remember who it was, um, the video right now, cause I'm on my phone, so I can't look it up and I can't get on the internet to take a look at it. But um but I just got it from, um, um, what's his name? Kurt, Curtis. Is that his name? Oh, Jesus, he's going to hate me. Okay, so this information is stuff that um, I'm going to tell you from beginning what I read and until now. And the reason that I'm bringing it up is because some of it has already happened and some of it has been avoided. And I'm going to get to those places and show you in history where other people understand. And this is why we don't talk about prophecy very much because those of us who understand what's going on, we know 
that we're in control of the narrative. You, me, and all of us as a race, we're in control of the narrative. So if we tell enough people something and it's prophecy, people might start believing it's going to happen and then it'll happen. So to avoid, to avoid, right? Right. So Kevin says it doesn't matter how much uh, qualifications or knowledge you collect or money for that matter, it's useless. <laughs> right. Well, right. And, unless, uh, and I don't know what he, he finished it, what he said there, because it says, unless you, and then I don't see anything else in this, in this thing. Um, so they know, we know that we control the narrative. So if I tell you something that might possibly go, you know, blow the whole world up, if we tell you that uh, enough people start believing it, it'll happen. So we don't, but we've come to a, a place and a point in our, um, in our world and our lifetime and, and, and the decision-making process of where, uh, where we're at and this temporal war that's going on to where you guys need to be made aware of uh, certain things. And that's why I'm going to talk about prophecy. So when I was a kid back in the, in, I was born in 1967, I'm 54 years old. I'm sure I look like I'm 74 with my white beard, right? A buddy of mine found in one of those magazines, uh, Guns and Ammo or one of those magazines that we were looking at when we were kids, on the back page, they always had ads and there was an ad in there for the actual real translation of Nostradamus. So he cut it out and mailed it in. A book came wrapped in brown paper bag material and had his address written on it. And he opened it and read it. He said, oh my God. And he said, Leo, you need to read this. So I read it. And from that day until this, he and I have been checking off the things as they've happened and we're not telling anybody else about it. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And it is now to the point where the, the, um, the evil people that are on this planet are desperate because they know that the jig is up and they know they've lost and they're getting desperate now. So they're pushing and doubling down, tripling down on all this stuff to help to try and brainwash people into believing certain things. And, and we believe now that the understanding of what I'm telling you right now is the some of the knowledge that will actually give you guys a defense mechanism to understand that not everything that everybody tells you is the gospel, right? And so some people will say things and they'll say, this is a prophet, and they'll make you try to believe these prophets are doomed. Uh, and so I'm going to tell you this information, prefacing it with knowing that everything that I'm going to tell you can be avoided and most of it has been but there, i'm going to tell you all the stuff that hasn't been and then i'm going to tell you the things that that could possibly happen in the order they could happen that will literally go through by the time i get done talking to you more than one quarter of the world's population will be deceased and um possibly more than that and, there, and it would be the third world war that is literally oh hi kathy i didn't see that or did i say hi to you i don't think i did hi peter hi I didn't say anything hi to you either so, so when I read this book, let's start from the beginning of that. I'm reading this book and it's talking about the future times and, and it's supposed to be Nostradamus's stuff. And I've since studied Nostradamus's uh, quatrains and I can see the, you know, cause they're very uh, cryptic and they're limerick. That's why they're called quatrains or in a style of quatrains, which means everyone is four uh, uh, sentences long and um, they rhyme in some way. So it was done on purpose in a way that was a repetitive chant. Okay. Da, 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 da. You know how people do that with a, a poem and it has, you know, six lines, seven lines, six lines, seven lines, four lines or whatever that is. Uh, and that's a, a mathematical equation. He did the same thing here. And I haven't actually uncovered all of that yet, but I understand what was being done there limerickly. 
So I'm getting closer to uh, putting these together. And actually, if I can translate that into what I know someone else did, and it's still the same knowledge, then I'll say, okay, this is what Nostradamus said. I can't prove that yet. Okay. However, I'm going to tell you what I do know and what has happened since then. So in this book, it was talking about the future times and talking about what basically is happening between 1984 and now and things into the future. Okay, and I'll tell you some of the things that were I knew were going to happen before they happened because of reading that book. Okay, Um, the the stealth fighter crashing in the state of California, which uncovered the stealth fleet of bombers and uh, aircraft that the American government had. Um, The Twin Towers uh, being destroyed, both space shuttles, uh, one uh, burning up as it's leaving and another one burning up as it's coming back into the atmosphere. those are some small things, uh, including um, the the wars in Afghanistan and uh, you know over there in the Middle East that we've been involved in the terrorist uh, activities uh, that that uh, were around the world because of that, uh, the economic collapse of the world's uh, monetary system, like what's happening now basically in the world, SARS-CoV-2, this whole event uh, with the uh, with the um, coronavirus I knew about in 1984, but it wasn't called that but it was an event. Now, those are the things that happened that were not stopped from what was predicted, okay? And there might be a few, and I might, if I do, I'll say, oh yeah, and then there was this, so you can kind of get a timeline. Because right now, if you listen to what I say, that's literally a timeline, 84, 90s into the 2000s, and each of those, those things happened up to 20, uh, you know, 2001, right? All of those things happened, and then now, the coronavirus. Okay, so... There's other things that haven't happened, but there's um, a couple that should have happened. Now, I mentioned this last week. Um, George W. Bush is very religious. He was also very um, um, into mystical stuff. So was Adolf Hitler, in fact. Adolf Hitler's uh, um, mystic <laughs> doing his, his sun signs and, and astrology was a, a British spy. So she was feeding him a bunch of shit that that helped uh, the Allies win the war. So um, Bush Jr. was very involved in this, and he knew that a third world war was supposed to start on his watch. And he didn't allow it to happen. He changed the course of history three times, three different times that they were trying to get that third world war going. And now notice that I say that they were trying to get that third world war going because that's a plan. Okay, that's a plan that is that to to cull the planet. Okay, so that that's a plan to lower the population of the planet. Every time there's too many people, they go and have a major war and kill a bunch of people off. Right, that's population control, and they're doing that with the um, with the coronavirus as well. Okay, so I know some of you might not believe that. Oh, you know, you're talking politics. Get into the freaking prophecy. It is the prophecy now. Let me tell of some of the things that are still in the works that could be. Now, remember, can be avoided, doesn't necessarily have to happen. Okay. But I, like I said, there's things that I've been checking off as they happen. And the things going forward, um, it's, not, it's not pretty. It's kind of scary. Right. That's why I haven't told anybody about it because I don't really want people to know this. And I didn't for a long time. Now, I think that you guys can, can maybe handle some of this information and not freak out. So those of you who are listening to this, you can tell, for those of you who are out here now watching me live, I'm really, really stressing to you and pushing to you, for those of you who find this or hear this, 
after I'm live and that, that what I'm telling you is not something that has to happen. The future and seeing the future is emotions mostly. So you, you pick up things that don't necessarily mean people died, but you might think that they're going to die. That's what was the, the decision that Luke was making about knowing his friends were in pain. And he said, I need to go to them. And he said, will they die? And he said, the future, Yoda says to him, is not always set. Hard to see the future is. The future is emotions. So, yeah, they might die, right? Sorry, that's my television or my monitor for my computer that I'm having problems with. But it can give me a little bit extra light, so I'm leaving it up. <laughs> when it goes down, I get a little darker. Okay, so I wanted to preface this entire thing and stress that over and over that what I'm about to tell you is not something that has to happen. Okay, this is stuff that, that I'm warning you about that has been in history warning us about. And I think now people need to know that we don't have to go that way and we can change these things and to know that these things have been predicted so that they can change them. So we, I don't want anybody taking away from this. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. Okay, because we're not. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to die, but that happens in life all the time. Look at that now. We've had 40 million people die in the last two years on the planet just from this virus. Okay. Right. So I don't I'm maybe it's 40 million people got it. Whatever the number, staggering amounts of people died in the last two years because of COVID. Okay. But if everybody believed it was a planet killing life ending disease, it would have become that. And that was what they were preaching in the beginning. And it seemed very, very much like that until people like me started saying, hold on now, right? Hold on now. The, the, this doesn't seem to be as bad as it was. And everybody started catching on. And now it's what? It's winding down. Is that because we took control of the matrix or because it was never really a threat anyways? We don't know the answer to that question. Some of us say it was never a threat anyways, right? And I'd rather believe that. But I would also take that, okay, it was a planet-killing disease, yet we humans decided no. And it started petering out, okay? So either way, it's a win-win for us humans. Okay, so let's get back to prophecy now. All right, so from what I got from reading that, that at, at that time, so not only do we have the stealth fighter and the stealth bomber, but we also have a stealth fleet of ships that we don't know about yet. They haven't released that information. And I don't know anybody who's talking about that. So if there's any insiders out there that know it, um, I don't know it, right? But I know this from back in the 80s when I read this in the prophecy that I read. And some of this that I'm going to get into is what I have also learned on my own since then. So I'm going to, and I'll, and I'll tell you when I shift from the book to, I don't know where I got this, or I got this from insiders because some of it, I got channeled to me as well. Right. And I'll tell you that stuff. So you'll know when I'm taking credit for what I did and I'm not taking credit for something that I read or heard, you'll know that upfront. I'm not trying to be some sort of prophet. I'm just trying to, to give you guys the prophecy as I have learned it okay as i've read it been told it and am seeing it unfold to prove that it's real and understanding that we control the matrix so we control the narrative and that's why i think this information i got to fix now this is me that i got to fix what's going on we have to change the the beginning we have to do the same thing that the ai uh, uh crew did when they got here, this is this is not prophecy. This is something that I that I, I know uh, from another source. Raw talked about it, and so did that guy. And I can't think of his name. It's on a video that I'm watching. It's a three-hour video, and he was in 1994 
And he was saying all the things that people are just now learning. Okay. And that was 94. Nobody thought he, they all thought he was a, a, a lunatic. So according to both of those sources, the Orion uh, group came to earth. And once they came here on earth, they're able to go backwards in time because time, uh, you know, uh, time is linear only here in the third dimension, the third density. It's not linear outside of here. So everything happens at once. But once you come here, because you control the narrative, you can go backwards in time and plant the narrative and then come forward in time. And that's what has been done. Okay. So they came here and they go back in time and they plant the scrolls and the scrolls are found by Zachary Stitch and he uh, uh, translates them wrongly. And now all of a sudden we're a slave labor race and we're, uh, we have this overlord who should be back any minute. And then the Orion group shows up when enough of us believe that. And they say, we're your saviors or we're your overlords, your creator, God, worship us. Hold on, I have to take my pills. I'm so busy today all day. I didn't take my blood pressure pills. I'm just now taking my blood pressure pill <laughs> at four o'clock, 430 in the afternoon. Okay. So let's get back to prophecy now, right? Now that was, that was what was told was actually happening and happening. And, and that's why we're in a predicament, right? So the whole us being uh, stuck uh, in this, in this loop uh, is because of, of changing the narrative. So I was told to fix that. We need to change the narrative. So we need to, 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 go back and say to ourselves, right? Just by saying to ourselves now, we'll do that. That stuff is untrue. We know that now, and it'll become untrue in the past and the present and the future instantaneously when enough of us believe that. That's how that's done, okay? So the, so the book reads that there's an election, which I thought was this one that just happened. It might be the next one. Uh, but it did happen the same way in this one that there was going to be an election in the United States of America and it's going to be so close and the country is going to be so divided that it almost spawns a civil war over it. Now that happened in 2016 and then again in, in 2020 and it's fixing to happen again in 2024. Okay. So that's one of the signs that we're, uh, we're starting uh, the third world war is getting ready to start. Other things that you can look forward to or look for in the future is um, the collapse of the European Union, um, the um, collapse of Israel. When Israel gets in, invaded and, and falls, that's literally the opening salvo of the conventional Third World War. Prior to that, there's some signs that will happen. A prince, and, I, and I've always gotten the impression that it was one of the English uh, uh, princes, but don't quote me on that. It could be any prince of any um, uh, papality or, or monarchy uh, gets kidnapped. And um, people are looking for him all over the world and trying to find him. And as it turns out, he's being held on a ship at sea. Perfect place to hide in international waters uh, if you don't want somebody to be found. When you see that happens, right? Um, welcome, Omar. Welcome, Watchers Talk. Uh, he's popping in and said, happy, happy day, patriots. <laughs> right? So... When the prince gets kidnapped and he's held hostage on the water, there's Marcus. Marcus, wh who was the name of the guy that you sent me that video? I can't remember it. And I'm on my phone and I can't get on my computer because it's having problems with the internet. Uh, I started watching it last night, the one from 94. Tell me that guy's name again, please, in the chat so I can let everybody know who that was. He sent me this video, uh, Marcus did, and he sent me this video and it's like almost three hours long 
And, and this guy's talking about all the stuff that's going on that we're all learning now. He was talking about it all in 94. And I'm like, wow, if I'd have heard this in 94, I'd have been way ahead of where I am now because I would have known this back then and been able to evolve past that. <laughs> right? So I'm watching that. Uh, yeah, TGIF, right? They got us Friday, guys. Okay, so... Uh, so then the prince is, they find them out at sea. And these are the things that are leading up to the third world war that is making things worse. Now, one of the things that did happen, I forgot about, let me go back. One of the things that did happen uh, not too uh, long ago was that the Chinese uh, launched a satellite in space without telling anybody they were going to do it. And um, yeah, it was Collier, right? Because am I saying his name right? Collier, C-O-L-L-I-E-R, Alex Collier. Um, you guys should look that video up, man. Uh, that was that's pretty intense. Uh, if you haven't seen it before, and I had never seen it before, and you would think I had because everything I say is like I watched his video and I'm repeating it, but I never learned that, so I didn't watch his video. Omar, you should watch that video. Jacob, you should watch that video. All you guys should watch that video. So, okay, so one of the things that happened is Chinese, without telling anybody, launched a, a satellite into space. They didn't tell anybody about it until it was going up, and everybody, all the bells and whistles went off, and they said to the to the Chinese, um, you know, what is that? And the Chinese said, oh, that's just a, a weather uh, a satellite that we're putting up. That's a lie. It's a, it's a biological weapons platform. Okay. And that just happened like this year. Okay. Um, I can't guarantee that that is what it was, but it was told in the prophecy that the Chinese would launch and lie the, the same exact way, launch a satellite without telling anyone and then when everybody says, what is that? They say it's a weather uh, satellite. It turns out it's a weapons platform. Now they're going to use that bioweapons platform and launch a biological weapon onto the face of the earth. And the, the weapon that they're going to launch is going to be uh, a weapon that primarily works best in the colder areas. So it's designed to basically wipe out America, Russia, England, everybody that's in Europe because everybody above the, the uh, equator because the temperate zone that most of us live in, do you see? And they're not worried about China because they have the cure for it. I thought coronavirus was this when it first hit, okay? And I wasn't sure if it was uh, the, the virus that was supposed to hit or the virus that was supposed to be during the third world war to hit because the timelines on those two are so close, it's hard to, to figure out which one's supposed to happen first, okay? So as it turns out, because we now know that there is a cure for the coronavirus, it's not that. The one that they launch um, is it has no cure and it's not something that kills you quickly. It's something that kills you very slowly when you, you die slowly over time uh, of like, you know, three to six to eight months. You slowly die from it. And there is no cure. And they launch it and they launch it up in the Northwest Territory of Canada and it spreads from there and seeps down into America mostly and ends up doing damage to the Russians and the English. Now, during this time, the Chinese are going to start an invasion of the world. They're going to try and take over just like the uh, Germans tried to do in the Second World War, which was also predicted by Nostradamus. So I didn't even cover all the stuff between the 1500s when uh, Michel de Nostradamus wrote this stuff. And um, now I skipped over everything in between and only told about the things that have happened between the time I read that book and now. I can spend hours giving you more details about what was told about the different wars that we've had and the different things that have happened that were also in there. But that's something that is not something that we need to talk about right now or focus on. So uh, for those of you who want that information from me, you can uh, get me off air and I can give you all those back details to that if you wish. Uh, but this is stuff that's now and forward. So 
they decide they're going to you know basically try and take over the world but the first thing they have to do is they have to get america out of the way so they they but prior to that which is what's happening now they make sure that their their people in america are still hot and heavy uh having problems with the people in russia because part of that prophecy is that when this thing happens the the american fleet and navy ends up sick with this disease and the chinese surround them out at sea and blockade them and leave them there to die. And nobody else has the strength to punch through the Chinese Navy to stop it. And the Americans have no cure and they have no way. And they're all laying on the ship dying. These ships, many, an entire fleet, until the Russians actually punch their way through and save America because they realize without America, Chinese, the Chinese will take over the world. The European Union splits up, uh, but prior to that, uh, and um, some countries, I, I, I'm um, reluctant to say, uh, Ireland, which is where most of my DNA comes from, um, may or may not choose to be on the side of the Chinese, from what I can gather. It's kind of um, not quite certain with them where they choose. Uh, the The rest of the people can't really do much the because there's the... Um, one of the one of the Arab races, uh, and this is why the reason that George Bush went after all of the Arab races um, leaders, because somebody who is of Arab descent who wears a purple turban on his head gets nuclear weapons and starts lobbing them at the the world for fun. They join forces with the Chinese and they they start using tactical nuclear weapons and they start launching them at uh, at uh, you know America in the Bible Belt and and the large major cities and things like that, the food sources like Iowa with all the corn in Iowa, they nuke these places to, to uh, you know, the, the Eiffel Tower um, gets melted in a nuclear explosion. Um, they they uh, start nuking everybody, Germany, um, Russia, America, Canada, just at willy-nilly, uh, this happens. Now, while the Americans are starving, like I say, the Russians realize that they're the only hope for America, and they actually call them in his quatrains. They say the eagle, and um, I think they still call the Russians the lion, um, because the tiger is now uh, Ireland, uh, and so the the lion is the because the they were brothers once. America uses the eagle, and the Germans also use the eagle. And they came from the two families. If you look back in time, you had the Habsburgs and the Holerans, Zollerans, and they had the Eagles where the heads faced the opposite directions. The family split up. That was what the First World War was about. So um, the family split up, and America has an eagle looking one way, and the Germans have an eagle looking the other way. It's two parts of the same family. So uh, Nostradamus calls them the brothers that were that will reunite. Once brothers will reunite. Um, and the, I think the lion is Europe. And the tiger is Ireland. And um, that's what it is. It's the two eagles. And um, Germany, or I'm sorry, Russia decides without America, um, they're not going to win the war. So they have to save America. So they punch through uh, and help America. And that's the turning point. We lose almost every battle before that. That's the turning point of the war uh, where, the, where, the, where Putin, it'll probably be Putin as the president still, if it happens in the next 10 years or 20 years, um, decides that in that we need to help them. Without them, we're all going to die. So they punch through and the war changes at that point and things start to go um, for us. The war is going to start in, and I said this before, and, and Marcus was like, what? I never heard of that, right? And, yeah, the Russians would be bears, right? So, and so 
the eagles are the Germans and the Russians would be bears. So it was the bear and the eagle. That's what it was. You're right. Absolutely. Thank you, Marcus. Because the Russians would be the bear. And that's why I was getting confused. The Germans were the eagle, the British were the lion, and the uh, Irish are the tiger, and America is the eagle, and the bear is, is the Russians. You're right. Okay. And that's the beasts, too. I don't want to get involved with the whole religious aspect of the Christianity. That's why it was important. Marcus knows what I'm talking about, because the different beasts in the, and the, the, the one beast with the ten horns and the seven heads and all of that has to do with um, the you know these different countries, that every country has... Um, some sort of like animal that it is uh, and people don't realize that so much right okay so so the turning point in the war is that there uh, and and we start winning after that but that's a long ways in a lot of people die and the Chinese use tactical nuclear weapons and like in the, the general um, of the Chinese is very um, not concerned with friendly fire so when there's a a battle going on and they're losing he nukes the battlefield doesn't care if he kills his people as well as uh everybody else um so he has his people pulling back but if they don't pull back fast enough he doesn't care uh he just kills everybody uh anyways with his tactical nukes so it's it's kind of a the both sides that are using the nukes no one on our side uses the nukes otherwise the whole planet would get blown up but the chinese and the arabs do attacking and using them against us so that, that makes things kind of complicated, uh, trying to fight this, this general as he's trying to take over the world because he doesn't care if he kills civilians. He doesn't care if he kills his own troops. He just cares about the mission. And because there's you know so many people in China that they're fodder to him, and he doesn't even care, right? So what, we lost 100,000 troops? We got more, we'll, get, we'll bring 100,000 more over here, right? Just get some more and bring them over, right? And that's his attitude. So that gets kind of scary. Right. And you guys feel free to ask questions, by the way, if you guys need me to 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 stop and focus on an area, um, um, have me do that because I'm throwing a ton of information at you. And again, all of this stuff is, is something that was written down in the 1500s and doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, but it's a warning of what could happen because of the way things are going. OK, now we have this election problem um, that is supposed to come up. And um, one thing that could happen, I, I don't normally say this because some of you guys know that I, I'm kind of fond of, of the orange guy, but one thing that could happen that has been actually um, foretold, those of you who are liberals will love this one, is that the, during that problem with the election, um, one of the candidates makes a comment and it's a very, very racy or racial uh, comment to the point where uh, so many people are offended that that person um, has to bow out from the election process and ends up going into obscurity uh, and losing all their money and going into obscurity because of one comment they made. Sound familiar? Right? So I don't know if that's going to be T-Bone, um, but he has a, a way of not being able to shut his fucking pie hole. Uh, so you guys might have a good laugh if, uh, if coming up in this, next election, uh, he does say something so fucking hideous that everybody in the whole place and the whole world gets offended by him because it just blurted out of his mouth. Somebody's supposed to do that and blurt, and it's a guy uh, running for president of the United States is supposed to blurt something out that is so offensive that he, she ends up retreating into the obscurity because of it. Right. I don't normally tell people that too, because when Trump started up with his business, I went, uh, it's probably him. He can't shut up. So, 
some of the things were supposed to take place, like I said, during George Bush, but three times he avoided that. But then these people who were trying to promote this third world war to get most of the population lowered and take control of everything. Pardon me while I take a drink of my coffee. They're trying to still keep this war going. They want it to happen. And some of us on the other side want it to happen as well, because the sooner that happens, the sooner all this is actually over. I'll be honest with you. I'm not one of them, but sometimes I go, fuck, I wish this thing would hurry up. Pardon my, my English. Pardon my American. Right. So. Um, so Tony joined a, joined a bit late tonight. We're uh, mainly on the subject of, of physical warfare. Yes, yeah, so far. Uh, and a spiritual warfare on tonight, on tonight's show. Yeah, yeah, it's prophecy, Tony. And I'm talking about the, the conventional and the spiritual aspect of the third world war that's happening. And what I know of, of the prophecy that I read when I was younger, that is, is actually supposed to be happening in our future now between now and, and, you know, 10 or, or 20 years from now. So I'll be, I'll be going back and crossing that line from spiritual warfare to conventional warfare uh, to the time, the temporal war, okay? Because that's where all of this resides. And that's where um, we've decided to roll that out to you guys. That's why you hear a lot about this now, the temporal war coming out in the last, uh, you know, I guess about a year now when people have started talking more about it. We didn't talk about that before. That um, we didn't want people to, to be afraid. I just informed a few people a, a couple of weeks ago that we lost the first temporal war. And that's why everybody's stuck, right? So we are the Rebel Alliance. This is a, we're living Star Wars, right? We're the Rebel Alliance trying to regain our control of our matrix from the people who took control of it. But it's not, a, you know, this big, huge army and we're only a few people. It's not like that. Because we have this entire planet's population at our disposal. So do they, but that's why they have the brainwash machines working so hard in what's going on. Okay. So let's, let's recap, right? Not the things that already did happen, but the things that might happen. You're going to have the, a prince get kidnapped, uh, held for ransom and eventually found uh, that he's on a ship at sea. You're going to have uh, the, the war, third world war conventional start in the city of Armageddon, which is uh, a ancient city that is, that is outside of Jerusalem that most people have never even heard of and don't know it's there. Uh, and that's where the war ends. When they sign the peace treaty, they make them sign the peace treaty to the same place where they fired the first uh, shot. Okay, so that, I didn't tell about that part, but then you have the European Union um, breaking up, which is the United Nations breaking up, which is about to happen. Um, you're seeing that coming very close now. Um, the Chinese start invading, the Arabs start working with them. They launch a bunch of nukes all over the planet um, to, you know, just kill people. Biological weapons platform in space. Everybody in America is dying. Everybody in Canada is dying when there's no cure. Uh, eventually we find a cure. I'm not sure how that turned out. I don't remember that part, but eventually I think we capture somebody in, from the Chinese and, and they have a cure and we're able to make it or our people because of being used to. And I think this is more accurate because of now ramping up because of the COVID virus, we were able to come up with a serum for the COVID virus in less than eight months. And it normally takes 10 years. So because of the practice that we just got now, this will actually help us, right, in the future if this event does take place, because now we have in place the ability to create a vaccine very rapidly in an emergency um, uh, setting <clears throat> for something. So um, this might be a positive if this does happen. It might be a positive that we had the coronavirus because of finding the cure quicker, okay? 
So now you have the, the Chinese um, bombing themselves with nukes to kill off the American troops or the allied troops and some of their own to get them out of the way. Um, a quarter of the world's population, at least 25% of the entire world's population will um, die uh, by the end of this. And um, there will not be a single country, a single nation anywhere on the planet that doesn't have some of this war happen on their soil. It won't be anyone. There will be nowhere that you can go that's going to be safe from this war. Wherever you're at, you hunker down because it's going to hit every shore and every people everywhere. The disease does. The conventional part does. Um, right. So it gets it gets really hairy. So one of the here's one of the things that happened. Um, the Chinese fleet sails into New York Harbor and um, they start attacking New York. Um, that's when the Americans unleash to the world the knowledge of their stealth fleet. The stealth submarines and stealth ships show up and cut off the retreat of the, of the Chinese while the conventional fleet is attacking them out at sea. The stealth fleet comes in and traps them in New York Harbor and blows them to fucking bits. <laughs> so that's a plus. Uh, one of the things that uh, you might look for is uh, attached to the Temporal War and uh, the um, Manhattan Project, uh, the scientists are still working on time travel and they're over on the East Coast working on time travel and trying to be able to send a message back in time uh, to do exactly what I just said, to undo what some of the knowledge of the Matrix. Uh, and we don't know if they actually uh, have it happen. However, if you think about the people who are contactees by different races, is that the contactee from a time traveling uh, information, like in the in the movie um, Prince of Darkness, where they sent on a tachyon this uh, message, and it went backwards in time, and it was warning people that the Prince of Darkness was trying to come through to our world, uh, and people were having dreams about that, and they uh, had prophetic dreams prior to, and they all ended up meeting at this place, this church in L.A., and while they were there, that was where the whole thing took place, because the 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 uh, Roman Catholic church was hiding uh, this, this container down. I don't want to get involved in all that, but it was the same process. So are all of these things that we're getting that is prophecy coming from us in the future? We don't know. But what I do know is that uh, in trying to do that, they blow themselves up. So if there's a massive explosion that happens on the East coast, that's kind of unexplained. Uh, and then um, the, the news doesn't really tell you much about what's going on. It's the scientists working on time travel and they blow themselves up. Um, and, and we don't know if they got the information out or if they, uh, if they did or didn't. So we're not quite sure. Uh, and that was uh, like a desperate attempt uh, by them because they thought we were going to lose the, the Third World War. But as it turned out, we don't know if they got the information sent out to, to any of us in the past or not. However, we do still have the knowledge that this stuff is going to happen in the future and that it doesn't necessarily have to. So you guys work on that paradigm and, to, and, and see if you think that's possible where Michel de Nostradamus got his information from uh, when he was scrying and other people who are prophets or other people who are contactees uh, by aliens. Is that them getting information themselves and giving it to us from the future? We don't know that because no one's telling us all of that information. Now, I wager it probably is. So that's another event that's going to happen here in the United States. Um, because of the tactical nuclear weapons, a lot of the East Coast of the United States, especially in Pennsylvania, because of all the uh, underground drilling that they've done there for coal and natural gas, um, is going to sink into the ocean from a, a nuclear explosion or an earthquake, possibly a tsunami, 
um, an earthquake from, uh, you know, or an earthquake because it creates a tsunami, but it sinks. The same thing happens in um, London. Most of London sinks underwater because they have the same thing with all the stuff underground, and the underground railroads and all the, the tunnels and all that stuff um, that they get hit. Uh, and the same thing happens that they sink in up to their almost their knees in water in, in London. Um, that that's an, another part of what happens. Uh, some of the prisoners that they keep the they put them over in uh, Europe in a country that they invade and control. I'm not sure which country that is. Uh, but it has a coastline. And um, one American who has red hair, he, he's told to have a, a red beard and a red mustache. And it was funny because at the time when I read this, you couldn't have a beard or a mustache in the Navy at all in the United States. Now you can't, right? So he has a red beard and mustache and he's, and he's the Deya. Am I saying that right, Peter? Uh, or the Dagda, right? He, uh, he becomes the savior uh, he goes against orders and him and a bunch of other people and mercenaries, Americans who are either used to be in the military or are, they decide that they're going to go and invade this prison colony that has like a million prisoners in it and free them. And they're ordered not to do it. And he goes against orders and all of his men go with him and they all basically mutiny and they go and attack this country and they actually save all of these prisoners and so because of that, they overlooked the fact that he went against orders um, and, and he's, nobody has, has freed like a hundred, you know, or like a million uh, um, people all at once. So he ends up being a, a hero and everybody that went with him ended up getting all kinds of awards and, and stuff and promotions because of their good deeds. Um, and that's when it basically solidifies the, the downfall of what's happening uh, of the Chinese and the Arabs at this point. So then everybody else turns and everybody else joins and, and uh, uh, we give them the cure and they all start. Uh, um, what is this? Peter says about the all over variant. Oh, that's what they're calling it over there. Of All these diseases and the, the cure that they that they inject us with alien DNA. Right. Getting is ready for the new race. Absolutely. Uh, and I believe that this is a. Uh, uh, immensely and he says i am not missing uh, messing with it that that's what your theory is um it, it, yeah missing yeah that's what the theory is is missing proof but that's the truth of i agree with that with what he just said i don't have that any kind of proof of that right but and neither does peter but he says he believes the same thing that that's part of the transition to get us all uh, uh, inoculated with the jab and they're in, you know inserting alien dna now um that's all still part of the same agenda, right? Knowledge is too, is so broad. Yes. I, I, I thank you. But uh, yeah. And this is what I've been hiding though, since I was like 15, bro, I haven't been telling people about this. There's only three of us that are actually have ever talked about uh, the prophecies that we, that we read. It was the two of us and one other person that, that learned some of it, but I haven't said to him, I haven't talked to him in years. And then the other guy, my buddy, um, we haven't now spoken for about 10. But prior to that, we were always checking things off the list and going, dude, that was, we remember that? I was told. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, one of the things, and I remember this happening, uh, that I can mention because it was dur during the space shuttle, the one that broke up uh, kind of during re-entry and uh, the parts like, you know, dropped all over the United States. Uh, it, it, that was part of the, the prophecy as well. And um, they came out on television and said, uh, don't anybody go um, and, and if you find a part, uh, in your yard, call us, don't go and touch it. It might be radioactive. That was actually a lie. 
what they were doing then, and I found this out after the fact, I knew this because of the prophecy, but I've now corroborated this with insiders. They were doing genetic engineering in space to see the difference of genetically engineering something in space, weightlessness, and doing it on Earth, and if it was a, if there was any change in the molecular uh, um, uh, update to what they were doing, and whether it worked better in space or on Earth, so they were already working on things that were illegal in this country to do. And the reason that they told you not to go and touch those things not was it was not because it might be radioactive; it was because you might catch one of the diseases that they were trying to hide because they were working on it in space at the time. And then they stopped doing that because that was when they started paying money to build the Wuhan installation because too many people were becoming aware of this program where we were working on genetics and bioweapons in the United States. And that's already in our constitution. It's illegal, right? There's laws passed for that. So I had to get it off, off of America. So I found this out investigating the coronavirus, right? And then corroborated that they were working on uh, viruses in space on that. And Nostradamus told that. 1500 in the 1500s said that that was what was happening that it, that they lied and it wasn't because it was dangerous it was because it was dangerous because of you might get the virus they were working on they were really afraid of that because it landed and broke up all across america and they were like oh my god we might have an outbreak that might kill off all the americans because we were working on shit if it survived re-entry and as it turns out none of them uh, survived re-entry or or if they did, they were contained still and nobody got sick and died from it. So it didn't happen. It didn't become a pandemic. Okay. So, so what's this? Peter said, I was, I was on my way home last night, Thursday night at three in the morning, as usual, uh, Peter's up until three or four in the morning every day. Right. Um, I see three white globes in the sky and I had never gone like, uh, like a blink of an eye. They were gone in like a blink of an eye. Uh, he says, uh, I'd, I'd let you know, uh, see them before uh, loads of times. So he has even seen them before. Right. So Denise says, uh, can these future events be stopped? Yes. And that's what I was trying to stress at the very beginning. These future events uh, are, are not something that are going that have to happen. These are things that that in the 1500s, uh, Nostradamus had gleaned. And said these, and he said then these are not events that are set in stone. The future is not set in stone. The future is being written as it happens by us. Okay, and he was saying these are warnings that if you don't, if you don't see these things coming and change them, these are what will happen on one possible timeline. And everybody just forgets that he says that and goes straight to he doesn't know what he's talking about because nothing comes true until after the fact. That's not true. You just don't understand what he said. So you don't know what he said until after it happens. And then you go, oh, wait, look, this is obvious now that that applies to this event. Do you understand? And that's the problem. And that's when been the hate and has been the, the way to discredit uh, any prophet, and especially Nostradamus, because he's not alive to defend himself, to say, wait, I show you right here in the beginning of my book. I tell you, these are events that are not uh, set in stone that you can actually avoid them. I'm trying to warn you so these things don't happen. So you make changes. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that all of that, like, because of, uh, the bioweapon, there's your water, uh, is spoiled and you can't drink it. Right. Uh, because of that, it gets in the water system. And if you drink it, you catch the disease. So, uh, everything gets really bad for a while and then it, then it goes better. So we lose a lot of people, uh, and things get better. Like I said, these are events that don't have to happen at all. And, um, like I said, George W. Bush actually, uh, changed some of the events so that it wouldn't happen. 
another event that actually comes from um, the Bible. And I don't know if Nostradamus read it in the Bible and added it to his quatrains because he doesn't talk about um, the, the duality of it. And I'll explain that in the Bible that says uh, it, the, this. And he talks about one event. So in the Bible, let's start with that. And then we'll go into what Nostradamus said. In the Bible, it's foretold that, that Satan is locked up in the earth and that God sends his angel down to, to open up the gates and allow Satan to run for a certain time. And that's when we have the whole uh, Antichrist and everything. So what is said happens is that the angel comes down and puts one foot in the ocean and one foot on land. These are nuclear explosions or meteor strikes. I believe that the one in the ocean is a meteor strike because Nostradamus predicts that the event that is also to tell you the Third World War is going to happen is a comet or a meteor crashed into the Indian Ocean, almost dead center of the Indian Ocean here on the planet. And that's supposed to be the angel that is going down to unlock the gates of hell to allow the Satan to run free for a time because that was promised that would lead up to the end times. So Nostradamus predicted it. <clears throat> he could have read it from the Bible and added it, but he didn't talk about the second footprint on land at all. He said there was a singular event. So it's maybe it's different. Uh, from that prediction in the in the Christian Bible. However, it's similar because in the water, uh, and that's supposed to be one of the signs. Then we have the event where we have the solar eclipse that lasts for three days. And this is supposed to take, we thought, uh, take place somewhere in July. Uh, and, and, um, it, and we thought it was going to be under George Bush. It didn't happen, so it hasn't happened yet. So there is a time where something is supposed to block out our sun for three days. And it's not smoke from an explosion. It's, a, it, it's supposed to be, um, well, it could be if, if we have a, a volcano erupt, but from what they were saying, he said it was an eclipse and didn't explain what happened. So something is going to be an event that is supposed to happen that literally darkens whatever, the, however it does, it darkens the sky and the sun does not shine for three days. It's three days of darkness. And then the sun comes back out. Now, in that time period, a lot of people are going to die because I don't think you guys understand how cold this planet will get if the sun doesn't reach the rays of the sun doesn't reach the land for four days or for three days. That's going to be quite a, a, a cold spell for us, almost like an ice age. Uh, and then the sun comes back out. That's also in that. And I don't know the timeline of that because that, again, is supposed to be in that time but between the beginning uh, and the end of this third world war. Some of these events like that may not be uh, anything we can change because if it is a meteor, a comet or a, a nuclear explosion or a, a volcano erupting, especially a volcano or a, 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 or a comet or meteor, that's out of our control, right? But no, because we can make it, will it not happen? Do you understand? So all of these events are something that we can and should be able to avoid. And we don't have to do much to change that. We have to, First of all, not believe that it's going to happen. And secondly, not let it happen. It's not going to happen because we're going to wake these people up before they're all asleep and make this happen. You have to remember that something has to drive that narrative to force that to happen to us. Do you understand? And that's why they have this whole, you're a slave labor race. There's another race that created you. Were we tampered with? Absolutely. 100%. Our DNA was tampered with by many different. I've heard just from watching that uh, Alex's show. Uh, that it was it was 22 different alien races. And he says he's heard that it's different numbers, but he was told by his alien contactee that 
but prior to our souls coming here, right? And what he says is that here's the thing: we're not we were not prisoners coming here. That a group of people, an entire race, decided to ascend from the eleventh density as an experiment to go back down to the third density uh, to to you know to re-experience that in a in a slightly different way. So a whole group of colonists did that, came and found the Earth, which had humans on it, which was all being uh, manipulated by aliens throughout the eons and decided that here, this human body is the cool one that we want to use. And then the Dracos went, who the fuck are these people that just moved in? Because <laughs> right? they were already here. And they're like, well, you're our food source anyway. You're a commodity. So they didn't really care, uh, you know, but we were kind of annoying to them because now we have souls and we're, and we're evolving. Uh, so we were kind of annoyed and annoying to them because there were, you know, we were basically like the greys where most of the greys are bio robots these days. Right. There's not very many of them left from what he said. When I was watching last night, there's about 2000 uh, greys that actually have a soul, which harkens back to communion, which was written by Whitley Strieber when he asked the aliens what they want. And they said communion. They wanted something from us. They wanted to they were trying to recreate a soul, that spark of life. And that's been told not just from Whitley Strieber. I've heard that from other alien hunters throughout the years and some insiders in the government saying that they, they talked about that we're an upgrade to them and there's a spark of life that we have that they don't have and they're trying to figure out if they can create it because most of their race are bio robots. They don't have souls in them. So instead of trying to reproduce their race, um, they're trying to integrate the clones by, by seeing if they can invent the soul and put it in there. That's not prophecy. That's just what was being told by people who have uh, connections to outer space. <laughs> but that makes sense now to as to why the greys have been here and curious and what everybody's been saying that they've been talking about to them throughout the years. And then you have all these people that are corroborating that as you come forward where they're going, this is what I was told. And I'm like, well, this is what I was told. And they're from different sources. Okay. So let's see what else in, in prophecy. So there's a stealth fleet that shows up and they kick this crap out of the Chinese in New York. Um, the Russians become our friends and they save us. We then get together. Uh, we then um, go into Europe. Uh, we get the English back on board and we start getting the, the countries to France and Germany and everybody starts uh, uh, falling in line and we're getting this big Axis army or, you know, this coalition of United Nations, but it's not the United Nations anymore uh, to fight against the Arabs and the, and the Chinese and a few other nations who decide to join them. Right. So then the, the world is split between, you know, the one faction and the other. That's why it's a third world war. Do you understand? Um, but all, like I said, all of this could be avoided. We don't even have to do it. We don't have to do any of it. Right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of, uh, of going on going forward. And I'm trying to think of, of what else I've been giving you guys a lot fast. Um, so I'm trying to make sure that I'm thorough in what I remember. Um, but like I said, I do know that it, that it, very, it ends and they sign the peace treaty in uh, Armageddon where the or the first uh, volley happens. Um and then everybody lives happily ever after, I guess. I don't know, you know, uh, but it, but at least we know that even in the what's really scary events that are happening, that uh, only one side uses tactical nukes and not everybody else. So we don't end up blowing ourselves into smithereens and destroying the, the world and all the people that are in it. Even in worst case scenario, we only lose a quarter of the world's population, which is far, far greater than you would ever want to imagine, but better than 75% or 100% of all of us, right? Um, so if anybody has any questions, please um, ask now. And while I'm thinking about what I missed, because I'm trying to give it to you all 
an order. And, um, and, and I haven't, the only time I've jumped around is when I told you that I have. So everything that I've said to you is going to happen in the order that I've said to you if we don't do anything about it. And it can be avoided. And that's why I showed where, um, where a junior, Bush, avoided it three times. Um, and I think that this uh, whole thing under Trump was another two with the Korea and the Iranians and the Chinese. So maybe even three attempts because they were pushing real hard for us to go at Korea. They were pushing real hard for us to go in Iran. And they been even now, uh, you know, you have uh, Biden threatening to nuke the Russians. What? He just did that the other day. He just came out and said that, hey, if they, if they go into Ukraine, we'll nuke them. I was like, that tells you that he's fucking crazy. That man should not be behind the helm of the fucking shit. Right? When his first uh, uh, words out of his mouth is, hey, we'll just nuke them. No. Nuclear weapons have to be an emergency last option only, Joe. Emergency uh, got you last because now we're all going to die. If we're all going to die, we'll take everybody with us. That's what they were designed for. Oh, yeah, you killed most of us. Let's kill the planet then. You can't have it. That was why they were designed. It wasn't designed as a, as a tool to conquer people. It was designed as a deterrent. Okay. So, <laughs> so, like I said, if anybody has questions, I know a lot of you are probably sitting there going, what? So if you have questions, now's the time. All right. So let's talk about the temporal war. Now, this is, there's, not, there's no prophecy here, except for it plays into prophecy because of the things that are being done. Once you come here to this planet in the third density, we have a linear timeline then you have the ability to affect the entire timeline because in truth, our immortal soul is out, is existing outside of that timeline. Right? So wait, look, Sharon has a, has a, a question. Hello, Leo. Oh, how are you? <laughs> Arriving late, tied up in, in uh, Walmart shopping needs. Uh, I was late too. Uh, I was actually on the phone and uh, talking to, to some people and looked at the clock and said, I was supposed to be on the air six minutes ago. Got to go. Uh, and then I jumped on here and my computer wasn't working right. So I just immediately hopped on my computer. And now I'm trying to clear my, my browser so that it doesn't take up my RAM because I did that last time. And I realized that when I start getting all those notifications, that, that's using my RAM. And then all of a sudden the signal starts getting weird on my phone. I got to clear that out. Okay. So, um, so, okay. Denise says, you give me, uh, give me an example of how 9-11 could have been avoided. Oh, well. 9-11 could have been avoided because here's, a, here's an example. Here's a tangible example in the reality. The terrorists that flew the planes learned how to fly those planes in Arizona. And they went there and they had somebody, they hired somebody to teach them at one of the airports uh, how to fly the planes. And while they were flying the planes, the instructor said to the guy, one of the terrorists, not knowing they were terrorists, uh, let me teach you how to land the plane. And he said, I don't know how to, I don't need to know how to land the plane. I just need to know how to fly it. So he then called the FBI and said, I think these guys are terrorists and they're planning to crash planes into something. And the FBI said, why do you say that? And he told them, because when I said, I want to teach you how to land them, they said, we didn't need to know how to land them. We just need to know how to fly them. And they're all these Arab guys. And here's their names. 100% of every single one of those people were the terrorists that took over the planes that crashed into the Twin Towers and the Pentagon. 
Okay. So way prior to 9-11 happening, a good Samaritan American called the FBI and said, I'm warning you, these guys look like Arab terrorists and they want to know how to fly big passenger liners, but they don't care about learning how to land them. I'm concerned that they might be terrorists and the FBI ignored it and did nothing about it. And other people like myself who had either read prophecy like I did or were actually getting prophecy tried to warn the American government that the Twin Towers were going to be attacked and the government ignored them until they were attacked. And then they arrested everybody who said that they were trying to warn them and said, what did you know? When did you know it? And tried to put them in jail for being terrorists when they were psychics. That's when a lot of psychics in America learn not to tell the police anything anymore, because if you do, you become suspect number one when it happens, because monkeys think like monkeys. And the first thing that they teach you is Occam's razor when you're a monkey investigating things. So Occam's razor seems to be a, 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 a formula for you that is perfect for your monkey mind. And so whenever somebody is investigating, if a wife gets killed, Husband probably did it 100% of the time. So they don't look outside until they clear the husband, right? It's Occam's razor, right? All things being equal. And then it, it's the obvious that is the obvious. And all cops think like that. It's not, there's no conspiracy. It's not a complication. That's Hollywood. That's television. That doesn't happen in real life. In real life, it's just what it is. And nine out of 10 times, it's the husband who killed the wife. And it is. Right. So they don't think past that and outside the box, most of them, because they're apes. Right. Uh, and if they were, then they would have more intuition and they would go, OK, so let's look at the husband, but let's see if there's anyone else, too. A lot of times they don't do that. And then they drop the case if it's not the husband. They don't even look around. That happens more often than you think. OK, so it could have been avoided because somebody actually told them. And they didn't do anything about it. And that was just one example, because there was other people that actually, like I said, psychics who were telling the same stuff. Well, this is what I'm talking about, Marcus. You got here late. I'm actually talking about Nostradamus and his quatrains. Uh, the book that I read when I was a kid back in, in the 80s, early 80s, like 83, 84, 82, somewhere around then. And it was the actual translations, not this weird shit that you read now. Now what you do is you get a, you get a, a quatrain in, in uh, a 1500s, French and then their interpretation of it. I've studied that stuff too. And I taught myself how to read 1500s French so that I could make sure they were translating the English properly. I actually did that. That's how much of a nerd I am. Um, I don't know if I could read it now because it's been probably 20 years since I read it. But after I couldn't find this book again and haven't been able to find this book ever since, um, I then tried to buy every book and watch every video on Nostradamus and the translations are useless. All they're doing is translating the quatrain and they don't even understand what the quatrain is. Right. They don't understand what a quatrain is. So I, I look at that and go, you don't even understand what that is. That's a limerick. It is designed to be only four lines long and it's spoken in a rhymeful manner there. He did that on purpose. There's a reason he did that. And if you can decode that every word that he has, there is a sound vibration. So if you can decode the math, which I haven't been able to do yet, you can decode everything that he is saying and actually figure it out. And somebody said, claimed back in the early 80s that they did. And they wrote a book and I read it, but I can't find it anymore. So, yeah, no, Marcus, this is what I'm talking about is all everything I'm saying to you is Nostradamus, right? 
except for the things that I tell you is something that I learned that wasn't Nostradamus. But yeah, Nostradamus spoke about that in one of the quatrains. I believe he had that warning in there where they were trying to warn the FBI and they didn't listen, right? <clears throat> so you have another Philadelphia experiment uh, um, problem that happens, right? And they blow themselves up, but we don't know if they were able to, to uh, send anything backwards in time, but we, are, but we do know that we're getting messages <clears throat> from the future and the past uh, in the Temple War. We do know that that's, that's happening. Um, we can do that ourselves. We just don't realize that because most people don't realize that we're in control of the matrix. Right? And you're welcome, Denise, by the way. So like I said, anybody who has questions, feel free, please. Um, because like I said, I, I'm, not here to, um, I'm not here to tell you this is going to happen. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to. But I'm here to show you things that did happen that have led up to this and then give you the same warning that Nostradamus was given uh, for us to think about so that we can see these things starting to happen and go, no, that's not the way things are going to be. And we also need to, to and this is why I'm doing this, we as a people need to realize that to win this temporal war, we have to fight it the way they're fighting it. And that's in the past. Okay. I got, and this is me channeling now. Okay. I kept putting out to the universe. How do we fix this? How do we fix this? How do we get unstuck? Is it just waking up enough people? And the answer is yes. But to do that, you have to change the beginning. Rewrite the beginning were the words that I got in my head rewrite the beginning. And I thought, is that possible? And then I realized that it is. Yeah, fighting it in the past from the future. Because what you need to understand, Tony, is that we inside this avatar, or I should say my, my immortal soul outside of this avatar is attached to at least the sixth density and possibly the 11th. If you listen to what Alex Coolier said in that video, he says, we're all attacked to the 11th. And if that's the case, we exist outside of time, is my point. We perceive this avatar and we know that everything that we are trying to do is meditate to understand and become the consciousness that is not stuck in this body and realize that there is a consciousness above this body that's attached to it, that this is not reality. It's what we perceive as, and it's all, and most of it's AI, most of it's fake. And it's not because of the AI God, it's because we created it, right? We created it, just like the moon, just like the sun, just like all, a lot of the stuff that is not originally indigenous to the solar system. And we know that now, science knows that to be a thing, knows it to be true. And in like a quarter of our reality is AI because we change reality when we're here. And once you're in the density where you have linear time, you still can affect everything in the future, the present and the past. And the first thing that these beings did when they got here, knowing that is that, like he said, Coolier said, they only got here 13,000 years ago. But it looks like they've been here the whole time because once they got here at 13,000 years, now they have the ability to control the matrix. So they just went backwards in time and planted the seed that they were already here. And then they planted seeds throughout time that made it look like they've always been here and they've only been here for 13,000 years. Do you understand? So that's one of the parts of this reality that people don't understand. It's not just the present and the future that we have power over. It's the past, the present, and the future. All of it. Right. So if we refuse 
if we refuse the past, not all of it, but the things that they're trying to tell us, then it doesn't happen. Do you understand? It's kind of like that Star Trek episode where they had to go back in time to get the whale and bring it forward in time because this probe was destroying the earth. And the only way that they could stop that in the future was to go to the past and bring a whale back with them to talk to them to save the earth. And that's so they had to, so they had to go backwards in time and come forward in time to save the, the earth. It's kind of like that. We need to go backwards in time with our thoughts and change the narrative that they painted in the history to make it look like they're in charge and that they're winning and all of this stuff. So what they're doing is brainwashing us through our DNA because you're born now and it's in your DNA from your past. Do you understand? So Tony said, considering Queen Elizabeth's age in the shady background of the prince in line for England, that's, that's, that's worryingly not for not far off. Right. <laughs> right. Talking about with the prince getting caught, getting kidnapped or something and, and on board a ship. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. So assuming Tony says, uh, so assuming it's about, no, wait, where did I put about, uh, did I just say that? Yeah. Assuming it's about, yeah. And like I said, I, I'm assuming as well that it's about England. It doesn't have to be, it could be any monarchy. Right. But assuming that it's about England's queen, I mean, uh, England is a major player in the world. Events, correct, right? So, and then Tony says, I have heard Indian gurus uh, say that animals on earth hold knowledge in their DNA. Yeah, well, so do we. We hold knowledge in our DNA. And here's an example of that, okay? Uh, and if you don't believe me, here's an example of that. A friend of mine, um, his sister was adopted. She never knew her parents. And this is truth. I know this because I know her. She never knew her parents uh, at growing up and she became a haircutter, right? And then in, when she was about 21 or 22, she said to her dad, I want to meet my biological parents. And he said, you're old enough. Let's, let's find out and let's go and find them. Went and found them. And guess what? Her mom and dad were both haircutters. Her father was a barber and her mother was a beautician. And she did that and never knew that they did that, but it was in her DNA. The memory was there. And so she was predisposed to do that. And that's why people, there's that dichotomy that people worry about where if my, my father was a serial killer, am I going to be a serial killer? They have a television show on TV right now. Um, well, it's, it's not on the air right the second because they, their season was over, but they have a, a TV show that's on the air now that is that dichotomy where the guy's father is a, a serial killer and he's obsessed uh, with stopping serial killers, but also um, um, has this fear in his mind that he's going to become a serial killer. And if you look at Aragorn in uh, in the uh, uh, Lord of the Rings movies, his father was, or his great grandfather was the one who, <clears throat> who took the ring and succumbed to it uh, and, and became evil. And eventually uh, uh, they, you know, they had to to, you know, get the ring from him and it went to Sauron. They had to kill the Sauron and you know, the, the ring went and hid, but it was still trying to get back to him. He was concerned that he was as weak as his great grandfather because of his DNA. And that was one of the whole, one of the major dichotomies for him while, while he was pondering um, because he, he went left and instead of being a prince who would be king, he left and became a ranger because he was afraid to try and lead the humans. And all of his friends eventually convinced him and his wife convinced him that he's, you're not, your your um, your your uh, great grandfather, and you don't have to be. You're not bound by that. You can make your own decisions, and that was what that storyline was about. In that movie, that storyline was in that movie to get 
everyone who watches that through osmosis in your brain that just because something had happened in your past doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be you now because you're a new individual now and you have the ability to make your future. Do you understand? So the human race has the ability to make our own future. Do you understand? And that was what they're trying to tell us in that with that story. That's, that's why you guys don't realize this is why I'm going to probably do videos and talk about movies, right? Talk about the matrix and the star Wars movies and the, and the, you know, and these like Dune and all of these epics, the, the Lord of the Rings, because in those storylines are all this information. It's all there. It's right in front of us. Everything that you need to know to actually wake up and defend yourself and get ourselves out of this is in everything that we publish. Everything. It's in every song sang. It's in every book read, written. All of it is there because we are subconsciously feeding ourselves this information, trying to give ourselves the clues to what to do here to get out of the position we're in without letting the opposition know we're doing it. So in the past, in the, in the present, in the future, we're currently doing everything and writing everything with the idea of there's algorithms that are going to be finding out this stuff. And we need people to hear this stuff without anyone realizing that it's happening and they can, they can't be stopped that way. Okay. So we're doing that already in the, in the, you just have to see it. Once you start seeing it, it's like uh, when, when, uh, when you start seeing the symbols that all of these companies uh, use and what they actually mean. And you realize that they're throwing it in your face that they know they're create that they're creating the narrative and that you're living it because they're giving it to you and force feeding it to you. And they're laughing about it by putting the emblems right in your face. You're on Facebook. Take a look at Facebook's uh, emblem and draw and draw the circle for each color. And you'll find that, that is makes up a six, six and a six, <laughs> right? Look around people, see what's going on with the symbols for even Taco Bell and the symbols for, Texaco and the symbols for AT&T and all these large corporations and what they show you and you'll understand. Omar has done several um, videos, a little plug for Omar's uh, Watchers Talk, go and watch. He did on my uh, show, uh, a two, three hour uh, uh, shows on, and then he's done more on his own, uh, on that and the symbols and the the the, uh, the Satan worship and the Luciferians and all the symbols that are right in front of your face that you don't know what they mean, but they all do. Okay, so, so yeah, you listened to were they on the same show or were they on different shows? I know they were on last night, but I was uh, everybody wanted me to come on and listen to their shows, but I I took yesterday off completely because on um, on Wednesday. I, I had to put my cat down, one of my cats down. So I was, I'm uh, better today than I was then, but I'm still missing him. Uh, he was my buddy. So they were on the same show. Okay. Um, so yeah, I know that they're promoting like the, the um, speaking engagement that's coming up or, or, or the, the, the 21st on the solstice uh, that we're all helping um, the, the uh, Stephen and Evan Strong do. So I thought maybe they're talking about that, but not necessarily. Right. I'm sure they could have been talking about all kinds of stuff. So I don't know what they were talking about, but I'm sure it was good stuff. Right. So, especially when the two of them get together, right? So if they're both talking, it's good stuff. Look at my microphone sneaking into the shot over here from my uh, computer, the base there. All right. So everything, and this is why I'm telling you this, everything that is foretold that will, might happen in the future is just a warning and it doesn't necessarily need to happen, including, okay, and you guys need to know this, including the revelations in the Bible. You need to understand that. 
Revelations in the Bible is not something that has to happen either. And it was foretold, if you read the Bible, the beginning of Revelations tell you these events are not events that will take place. These are events that can take place, and this is a warning. So it's weird that in the Bible, it starts with the same words in the prophecy and then tells you this prophecy of doom that might happen to the planet. And everybody washes away the first part again and says, this is the gospel and this is what's going to happen. Yet with Nostradamus, it, it wasn't supposedly God saying it, even though he was channeling it from the universe. And he says the same thing and then gives you a prophecy of doom. They go, that guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> right? But the other one that's in this dusty tome the Christians have, that one's the true story. And it's the same story. It's not as detailed. Right. Well, actually, it kind of is. I, I've compared what I've read in the in Nostradamus and the the uh, uh, the the. Uh, prophecies in the bible of the of the apocalypse uh, that's why i said uh, some of this nostradamus could have read and and just translated uh, his interpretation of the bible right so it is possible that nostradamus didn't ever really but nostradamus is, is far more accurate at least when i read what was told were the actual translations and i see when i look at the quatrains now and i read them i go oh that was this one Okay, so that is doesn't it doesn't sound like it means what it means, but I recognize that event as like say the Twin Towers, for instance, right? There's a quatrain in there that that they've now said, look, that's the Twin Towers, and as soon as that happened, I went, that's the Twin Towers. Well, I already knew that because I knew they were going to have that happen because I had read it back in 1981 or 82. No, I do not. Sharon says, do you have a bomb shelter, Leo? No, I do not. I should, but I do not. Right. So Tony said, reflecting on that statement about uh, fighting it from the past, I think it's only our physical self who sees time in a linear fashion. Yes, Tony, you're absolutely right. So, yes, I guess it is totally possible to change the past and the future from this present. Yes. And that's very, very good of you to work that out because this body is stuck in the now. So the mind here only sees what the eyes see. And, and the, your ego is also in the now. Everything's present because this is the place of I do. Remember I told you that, right? When you look at the chakras, the first chakra is the red chakra, and that is the I am chakra. And then you go to the orange chakra, and that is the I feel. That's your feelings. And then when you get to the, to the heart or the, uh, uh, yeah, the heart chakra, all right, the, 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 What's the color that I'm looking for now? <laughs> the green, the next one is the I do, right? The I do chakra. No, the red, the yellow ray. Yellow ray is I do. And that's the that's the solar plexus. So this planet, I said this before, this planet is the third chakra from the sun, right? Third planet from the sun. And our sun is a yellow ray sun. So we are in the third chakra, I do position of the yellow ray sun. And the yellow ray is the I do. That's why when you're here, everything is I do. I am doing this. What are you doing? Do you believe? I do. Do you take this woman to be your wife? I do. What do you do for a living? What are you about to do? Where are you going and what are you up to? Well, I am going to. This is what I'll be doing today. Here's my itinerary. I'm going to go drive to work. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go and then I'm going to go shopping and I, then I'll be coming home. You're doing. Do you see? So, yeah, Sharon said hot new fad, right? So, so the point is, 
this is the place of I do. So your body does. Your body is here to do the things. Look, I'm going to, I am going to take a drink. All right, so the body is doing that. Why am I doing that? I'm doing that because, well, this body needs hydration. Do you understand? So this is the place of do or needy. We do things here. And we're caught in that. So if you get caught in reality, you'll just be doing stuff all day. And some people do that. They line their day up with all this stuff to do all day long. There's never enough time in the day. I can't get anything done. Well, you could if you would stop lining your day up with more things than you to do than you could possibly do. Your boss does that for you. You go to work and they give you a list of things to do. This is the place of I do. Place of That is the chakra, the energy that you come in here with. Because that is what this third ray sun is. Yellow ray sun. Third planet from the yellow ray sun is the third chakra point. For, for the yellow ray. Okay, so everything here is designed for us to do. And us doing these things helps us learn and grow. And then we start to learn to love, which is the next step from where we are here. The next chakra up is the chakra of love. And then the one after that is the chakra of wisdom. Do you understand? So we learn a little bit about all the chakras that's just like when you go to grade school, you learn a little bit about math, a little English, a little history, a little everything. And then as you go up into college, you start taking longer courses on each thing. But they don't teach you love and wisdom and, and things that you actually need. That's the stuff that you have to figure out on your own as time goes on. Listen to John Lennon. All you need is love. He knew it. Da, 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 da. All you need is love. Love. He was telling it. He was preaching it. And we didn't get it. The 60s were the time of love. People were peace and love. They were starting to ascend into that. Okay. And, um, you know, I, and I have to, I have to say, I have to apologize for my attitude because I have always said that I am having a hard time believing that the human race is going to skip basically over the fourth density and end up in the fifth density. And you have to kind of go through the fourth density before you can get to the fifth density. And then I'm listening to Ali, uh, to Alex Coolier, and he's literally in 1994 saying that what we are doing is going to transition quickly through the fourth, from the third, through the fourth to the fifth. So people that are saying that, I was like, but you can't just skip through. And apparently <clears throat> he was told by aliens that this is one of the phenomenon that's happening here that has to do with the, you know, the, the whole Jesus effect and, and the, that character reoccurring throughout time, uh, telling us the same story, uh, and that that's never, it's very rare that that happens. We apparently are on a rare planet in a rare body doing a rare thing that is an experiment that no one else has done. And because of that, we got stuck, and then the universe is trying to help us by giving us the tools to fix what's, what's going on. And the tools of the past why do you think it's been that all the governments have been trying to eradicate and erase our past? Because if you don't know the past, you can't change the past. And if you don't care about history, you'll never know that that's where you have to fix what's gone wrong with us. Because we can. It's just as vital and as real as now. And it affects us now because of then. And we affect the future because of now. And if they affect the now because of then, then we're affecting the wrong future because we have the wrong information and we're doing the wrong thing. That's the temporal war, guys. Do you understand? The only way that we can 
fix this is either to wake everybody up and they don't know what's going on, but they're awake enough to understand what's going on. And then they'll deny the, the AI God, they'll deny the, the past, they'll deny the, that that was, was told, and they'll say, no, I'm choosing to go this way instead of that way. If that doesn't happen, the only other way for this to, to work, <clears throat> and maybe in conjuncture with that, some of us have to focus on the past and rewriting that and changing that narrative, okay? So that's going to be probably the hardest thing for people to get because just me telling them about the temporal war freaks them out. <laughs> right? Freaks them out. So that's why I've not talked about the temporal war and most people hadn't talked about it either until we decided to roll that out. And like I said, it hasn't been that long, not even a year. I don't think I haven't been talking about it until about six months ago. Right. But I've known about it my entire life. But I haven't talked about it because first you have to get people to wake up or to understand the concept. And then you can go, oh, by the way, there's a war that's going on in the past, the present and the future. <laughs> right? And there's two possible outcomes for the future. Um, one where AI is in charge and one where the humans are in charge. And both are sending information back to us from the future, trying to make their narrative happen. And we are at that point. We are the central point of all contact. Why? Because now is all that anything matters. Do you understand that? The whole purpose of opening and expanding your mind is to understand that, you're, that you need to live in this moment. And that's what you try to uh, attain or ascend to when people are meditating and waking up is to become conscious now. Not stuck in this body thinking that this brain that thinks is me. Not thinking that this ego over here is me or the little you know, uh, conscience over here is me. That those are facets and parts of me, equal and opposite, that are both tugging at me and pulling me left and right and left and right to try and get me to, to not stay center. Not stay here now. Focused on now. Distraction, distraction, distraction from both sides. Look over here. Look over there. Look over here. Don't look in within yourself. Look out. Look without. Look, look. See what you see. There's nothing to see inside here. It's all out there. It exists right here in, in this. That's what reality is. And that's the lie. That is the lie. So, okay. So, look at this. Denise says, uh, so why is it more, why is it more events, why is it more events in the past were not we're not changed. Ego, greed. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, I understand what you're saying now. Why is it that, that so many things were changed in the past? Because what happened was when we got here, we were mind wiped. We, we were veiled. Okay. So before the people that were here woke up enough spiritually to understand that we were in control of the narrative and remember that some people like Raw's people and other uh, races from around the universe came to earth to try and help <clears throat> and screwed shit up. Raw did that. They came to Egypt. They say they built the pyramids and it was for people to advance spiritually by being in different rooms. They vibrated at a different level and that helps you to ascend. And the priests who were evil took control of that and didn't allow a regular population to go in there and experience that. And they learned that we were in charge of the narrative and then they took control of it. They, they learned how to control the matrix and took it for them because 
they are in fear and live in fear all the time and project fear. So they need power over people and control over people because that makes them rich and wealthy and gives them money and everybody becomes their slaves. So the people who were in the know kept that information and eradicated that information by wiping out any of anywhere in history that you would gain that knowledge. And they tried to eradicate that from the face of the earth. But wise men took and stole scrolls and hid them in places around the world that we've been finding since the turn of the century or since the, the, the turn of the 20th century, because in, uh, you know, because it was in the 1800s when we were finding stuff. So in the 19th and the 20th century, we were finding this stuff. And now in the 21st century, we're finding even more and understanding it more. Right. So ego and greed. Yes, absolutely. And then she goes on to say, if we knew what, what may come, why not avoid it? Right. Well, that's the problem. So if I'm, if I'm, if so I'm confused a little, the reason you're confused is because we all didn't know. Only a small group of people learned it before the rest of the uh, race of people woke up. So there was not a consensus that we controlled the matrix. So those who, who shouldn't have been in charge took control of the matrix, and then they made sure that the rest of us stay veiled. Do you understand? That was when we went from living to be a thousand years old to living to be about 30 years old because they needed us to recycle faster. So the way they did that was they made us more and more violent and they only taught us war and violence. There was no schools. You learned from going to churches or you did. You were doing things that your father did. Do you understand? So that's crazy, right? <laughs> even in our days, this is Tony says this, even in our days in the past being destroyed all around the world, isn't it? Branket ancient statues and monuments, etc. Why are they doing that? They're doing that to eradicate that memory from our present consciousness. If we don't ever see it again, we don't know what's there. If they're not teaching us that and we can't find it, we'll never know what's there. That's what they did with all the books they took out of the Bibles. But people hid them. They tried to burn the, all of the library of Alexandria, but the Irish monks stole away every single book. You can look this up. And there's a book that tells that how Ireland saved the world. Every single history book that we have on this planet today was stolen and hidden by the Irish in their churches in Ireland, and they paid scribes to copy them and make brand new books. And when they had that whole copy of all those books, they gave them to a monk and a bunch of other monks and said, go to Germany and start a church and hire scribes and have them do the same thing and start opening churches with all these books. And eventually they started contracting for rich people who wanted the books and they bought them and put them in their personal libraries. And then libraries started to grow around the world and they started copying them and selling them off to other people. And then eventually a library opened that was a public library and they got all these books donated from all these rich people. Do you understand? So the only reason that we have all this information is because they tried to eradicate it uh, and they tried to, uh, to, to, bump it off, but the universe doesn't work that way. Always somebody saves the stuff, always. Because of the free will and the 50-50 and the uh, split. If somebody does something evil, somebody can also do something good. So if somebody tries to eradicate all of the knowledge, one person gets the knowledge and they can uh, go and then re uh, replace it to the world. Hence the movie, The Book of Eli. That's the same story. They decided to get rid of all of history when the, when the whole world was blown apart. And they, uh, 
and they uh, tried to get rid of all the books. And Eli picked up a Bible and he was told by God, he became a prophet. He was told by God that he needed to go West and take that Bible West. And he did. And the whole time we didn't know that he was blind and he was reading with Braille. And you had these, the, you know, uh, this guy who was, uh, trying to be a, a you know a governor, uh, you know he owned a little town and he was trying to expand out to hoping that he'd be the president of the United States one day. He was trying to find books. Why? Because he wanted the Bible. Because he knew that if whoever has the Bible control the masses, especially now when the world is so shitty. And so he was trying to find a Bible. And he was sending people out all four corners of the world to bring back all the books, hoping that he would find a Bible. And eventually he got onto the idea that that Eli had the Bible because Eli wandered into town. And he went after Eli, and Eli ended up killing all of them. <laughs> right? And he makes it there, but he doesn't make it with the Bible. Right? The guy gets the Bible from Eli and then opens it and realizes it's in Braille. He can't read it. Only a blind person can. And when Eli gets there, he says, I'm bringing you the most important book in the world, but I don't have it. It's all in my head. And so he sat down and he said, get paper and pen, a lot of it. And he read the book back to them verbatim out of his memory. And they were, that's what changed the face. And that's what you're supposed to believe is that they wrote the Bible back down and then would able be able to, uh, to use that Bible to uh, get that back out to the masses and basically bring order to the chaos that was the world. And that's how the movie ends. That was the, that was the story that was being told to you there. Do you understand? So again, our past and the knowledge of our past creates our future not just the present and that was what was being told to you in the in the book of eli great movie the book of kells peter says the book of kells was oh wait somebody said something before that too what was this tony here did i get that one sharon says germany gutenberg press right right okay and then oops i forgot i was putting that up i didn't mean to and then reminds me of the uh, bulletproof monk right if anyone saw that uh, maybe not as serious as the story you just told, but no, but it, again, that's the same thing. You know, these movies that we, we see the over and over the dichotomy and the, and the storyline is the same uh, you have a hero character who is your, who is the savior character or the hero character or both. That is the Jesus Christ character. Do you understand? That is the, the Thor character. It's the same. So now we're going into the mystical and the, and, and, uh, uh, spirituality again. And I talk about this all the time. It doesn't matter what culture you go to. They all have a version of that same creation with an over God and goddess, unless they're a monotheistic male dominated religion, then they have a God and they don't have the goddess and she's diminished in some way, like Jesus's mother was right. Uh, it being the, you know, the, the, uh, just a woman who was immaculate conception. And then Jesus's wife was also diminished uh, by the church to be a whore. So she couldn't possibly be Jesus's wife. She was just a whore. And Jesus was then uh, elevated to God's status. Do you understand? So, so he took on the role, not just of the savior, but of the creator in the Christian religion. And that's why the Jews don't like it because they're like, no, there is one God and it's not him. Do you see? So there's the problem between the Christians and the Jews is that the Christians tried to, to draw the Trinity as the father, the son becoming the Holy Spirit. And it's actually supposed to be the, the father, the mother, and the son. And that becomes the trinity that's the Holy Spirit. And that's what they did in other religions, where Thor was that character, but he had a goddess mother who was equal to the god. Do you understand? Because in their uh, way of life, women were equal to men. And then you had the, you come a little further south to the Celts, and they had the female goddess. And the god character was secondary. 
the goddess was the creation and the god was the pro actor. He was what impregnated her. And then they gave birth to the god again. So he gives birth to himself. So the cycle cuts out that other character that has to save you because this religion dates predates having to have the savior character because it was around before. Do you understand? It was around before the corruption or at the time of the corruption. So that religion is older. The Hindu religion is the same way. It's older. So they have both the female and the male, but they don't have that savior character in their dichotomy because it wasn't needed yet. So if you look at some of the ancient religions that predate Christianity and Muslims and, 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 and the Hebrew religions and go back further than Mesopotamia, you start to realize that they didn't need the savior character because they weren't hijacked yet. So we still have memory from back then. And that's why it confuses us because we don't understand that. But you have to know a thing to understand a thing. And you have to understand a thing to know a thing. That's the dichotomy between past, present, and future. Do you understand? So to know a thing, you have to see the thing. If you can't see it or find it, you can't know it exists, so you'll never know about it. So they figure that out. So if they eradicate, you know, the, the, they always say, here's the, the, the perfect trick the devil ever pulled was getting the world to not believe that he even existed. You don't know he's there. You're not looking for him. You're not afraid of him. And he can get into your life and, and wreak havoc on your life because you have no idea it's even happening to you. That's what that, that, that is what that means. It means that the evil people made us believe that there was no matrix and eradicated that memory from us and wiped all the knowledge of anything spiritual to where it would tell you, look within yourself. But then that Jesus character kept reoccurring throughout time, dating back to 100,000 years ago or so with the same storyline that hasn't changed much except for to fit the dichotomy between male and female. And whether they were duality or the male was higher than the female or the female was higher than the male, right? Those are the only three narratives. They were androgynous. There was two of them or one of each, right? So you had a monotheistic male dominated religion, which is the, the Hebrew religion, which Christianity is based on. So you don't have a goddess. But in the Viking folklore, you do. In the Hindu folklore, you do. Why? They were invented prior to the veil and the dichotomy was both male and female right so that's the cultures who go to predate the veiling or i shouldn't say the veiling but i should say the veiling of the of the matrix because you're veiled everyone's veiled when they get here anyways but the knowledge of the matrix was taken away from us at a certain time and we have history and memory of before that and that's one of those. Music is the same. Yes, Kevin said. Music is the same. Yes, it's in everything. All the messages, all the information. Everything is light and sound. Everything is a vibration. Everything is light and everything is sound. We reflect light. You see my face. What you're seeing is the light reflecting off of my face that allows you to make the details out. Right? I take my glasses off and it changes again. Right? Let me pull my hat back so you get a good look at my, at my face and my receding hairline. <laughs> Right. And so now that's a different look. Why? Because you see more light. You see more of me. Do you understand? So so everything is light. Everything is sound. Everything is uh, music. Uh, and music is the same way when you listen to music. How many times have you listened to a song? Let's let's look at classical. You don't even know the lyrics, but you understand what's happening in the song because of the peaks and valleys of the music and the, and the uh, energy that is that is projecting is an emotion. 
to you. Have you ever watched an opera where they're singing in, in Latin or in Greek or something in, uh, or Italian and you have no idea what the words are, but you somehow understand what's happening? It's because we understand emotion. We understand the sound. We understand the vibration. We understand the, what's happening because of what we're feeling and hearing from the music. Same thing, right? When you go to work out, when I used to go to work out, I'd put on heavy metal, man. I want something that's motivating. I'm going to work out. I want to hear something that's fast and furious and motivating. I don't want to listen to classical music to work out. I use that to write with. Meditate too. <laughs> right? Is that isn't that short-sighted? Yes, it is. Right? Tony says, isn't that short-sighted of the Jews when uh, spiritual awareness reveals a duality, unity, and um, yeah, there's there's one God, but if our world is all duality, of course, one can be both. Right? But they didn't want to see to to. To raise Jesus' status to God status, they had to downplay the duality because they were selling it to Jews. And the Jewish religion was a male-dominated monotheistic religion. So they had to downplay the women in there because that was what the how the Jews evolved. Uh, and they treated women like property, right? Uh, and a lot of other countries did the same thing. But when you get into Europe, most of the countries in Europe didn't. They were, they were uh, equal. Men and women were equal uh, everywhere in Europe and, and up into the north. So, and in Greece as well. So you had a, a one portion of the world that was completely different than what was going on in, in some other places in the world. Uh, and if you look at the, um, the over in the Middle East, predominantly the, what comes out of the Middle East is male-dominated religions historically. Rarely do you find a, a male, and but if you would, in fact, Mesopotamia had a, a, a duality. They had the, a male and a female god and goddess, and then had the savior character. Marduk was the savior character, was the Jesus character, the, the hero character. Um, so, and he said, Leo, you explained everything so well. Thank you very much for for all that you do. I, I, am, I appreciate you guys as well. And that's what I'm trying to do here. That is what I'm trying to do is explain things well enough for everyone to understand. And that's why I said, if you have any questions, you don't understand what I'm saying or, or uh, something that I said, uh, you don't get the concept completely, please ask me and I'll try to uh, uh, explain it better. That is what I'm up to here, right? That is what I'm up to here on this planet. It is my job, why I came here. My job is to help you guys remember and wake up and remember the things that have been taken from you. It's not something that I can teach you. It's something I can show you, but you have to look at it. So that's why you see that all the time where you see the in everything you'll see like the hand sticking out in the palm of the hand is the entire universe. That's what that means. <laughs> right? You have the entire universe in the palm of your hands. Just see it. Do you understand? And that's where you get people saying, um, how do I understand that I am uh, uh, the creation? And you always hear people say, feel the energy that is in your hands. And people go, but that is so stupid. What does that mean? That is what that means. <laughs> the power of creation is through is with your hands. That's that's where the energy is. It comes from your heart, but it goes out to the universe through your will. So this is the things that we do with here on this planet, right there. We do everything with our hands. So why would we not create the universal mindset from our heart through our hands? Everything works that way in the body. Everything comes from the bottom, from the ground up, comes through and goes out this way. But when we're creating, it's from the heart to, that's why you always see people do that. Everything is always 
magic this and magic that and stay away and back off. It's because that is a barrier. There's power in that. And you have the universe in the palm of your hand. You just have to see it. That's why you see those all the time where they show you the images like that. That's what that means. And subconsciously, you're getting it. Consciously, some people just look at it and go, that's kind of cool, man. Is that like the hand of God? Yeah, it is. But it's really your hand because you are God. This is, uh, let's see, Julia, Tony Jackson, rough for a, a young one, but you seem to be getting things. Yeah, he's, he's actually getting um, uh, things really good, right? Okay, so Kevin says, um, you must believe in yourself more than anything else. Yes. Absolutely, because no one else is going to. An outside bombardment, Kevin, that was Kevin Cummings said that, for those of you who are on the MP3 file. You, this is what Kevin said. You must believe in yourself more than anything else. Why? Because all of the stuff out there in the universe is designed to break your confidence, to break you down and make you believe you're alone by yourself and you're a little, you're a little pee-pee boy. I flick you with my pinky because I am Hans and my brother Flaus will come and we are here to pump. You up, and we're not really. We're here to break you down and tell you you're a slave and make you believe that you're nothing. And that is what the narrative is that they've been teaching and preaching for 100,000 years, 200,000 years. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. So you have to look within yourself and fix what's within you and admit to yourself what's wrong with you. And don't be arrogant and listen to the ego and say, I'm an asshole sometimes. I say the wrong thing sometimes. I'm a hothead. Stop doing that. Do you see? So then you gain confidence in something and, and that allows you to do it better, right? So you believing in yourself is what gives you the confidence to ride a bicycle or play baseball and hit the ball or, or whatever. Everything that we do, again, doing, everything that we do we get better at it when we gain confidence and do it over and over. So believing in yourself is the same thing. At first, it's kind of hard to do, right? And then you get better at it and you gain knowledge. And from there you grow. Do you understand? But you have to be okay with you and love yourself. And then you forgive yourself for having all these problems that are not yours that were given to you by society and, and accept the fact that it happened to you and then say, well, I don't need to have that. And I don't have to hold on to that because that was given to me. That was forced on me. I don't need it. So I'll push that away. I don't need that anymore. That's useless to me. It doesn't mean anything to me. You don't push it down because then it's to get stuck in the body and eventually it wants to come back out. Right. And that's what drives people crazy for a while. Right. So um, Peter says the earth makes musics and it says 16 a train 16 times every five seconds. Uh, he's trying to say something and his translator didn't work right when he was speaking. And so I, I'm going to try and figure it out. And so it makes music 16, he says 16 a trains, 16 times every five seconds ringing like a bell. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I understand this because this is, he's referring here to that bell that people hear sometimes the bell that's resounding that comes out of nowhere, right? That's actually the, that's actually our planet and the, and the sound of our planet. And the other times you hear the horns, right? I've heard those people have filmed them and I've played them and went, well, okay, I can't explain that. Those, that sounds coming from like the air and it's really loud. So it can't be coming from somebody's speaker and it doesn't have the sound effect that a speaker has. Speakers have a certain tone. Uh, and even with a really good sound, I can tell that something is, is manufactured. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a horn that was a wind instrument, but they're playing it over a speaker. And then when you hear one that doesn't sound like that, it's hard because even the old speakers 
uh, from back in the day that people don't use anymore that they use in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. They all have a distinct um, vibration. And if you're listening for it, you can hear it. So you know that that's a projection that somebody turned on a speaker and they're playing that really loud. But I've heard these things um, wail away and it's coming from the ether, man. I don't know. I don't know. Whoever did it did a great job because if it's faked, man, then they've done a good job on some of these that I've heard. Right. So let's see what else uh, Tony says here. Like I would give away more understanding than they want if they accept and have to give some sort of explanation of duality. Doesn't it say something in the Bible along the lines of when, when they, when they seize with nine single eye with, or with thine single eye, thou shalt see the truth. Yeah. What they're referring to here. Okay. It, it, and then he said, can't it, can't remember what it was uh, that was about. So uh, what they're referring to there is yes, that right there, what they're referring to is, is that basically the awareness, right? It's saying with a single eye. It's not saying with your eyes. Do you understand that? So they're saying that that when, when thou will will you know will see with thy single eye, third eye, third eye, thou shalt see the truth. When you awaken your third eye, then you'll see the truth. It's not there. You notice they're not saying when you open one eye or you see with one eye and it's clarity. They're saying your single eye. Your single eye is the third eye. And it's actually not here. We say it's here. Uh, and that's where it feels like to us because that's where thought uh, originates for us. So we think that everything is in here and the third eye is here. The third eye is actually the heart. It's actually in the heart. Um, but it kind of is dual. So it kind of works uh, together, right? We perceive it here because this is where we actually reside. So we don't realize we're actually perceiving it here above our head, not in it. But because we have thought and that's in our head, we get stuck between what's happening outside our body and what our brain is thinking. So when the third eye sees something, we think it's in our head that it's here on the forehead, but it's not actually, it's above it. It's you. It's your immortal soul detached from this body where your awareness moves into that space and remembers that you are something more than this avatar. And that's the third eye. So when you ascend to the place of realization, Tony, the realization that I am and that I'm not just this construct and this avatar and that I am something greater than that. And we did that 30 second meditation that that helped you uh, do that. I think you were there for that. And that was the feeling was you seeing things through your third eye. And you, if you get to that place where you can see things through your third eye at all times, everything becomes very, very much clear to you or clearer to you. And you're able to see things for what they really are. And that in the Bible was telling you that same story. That's what that verse is about. Right. So Denise says, maybe that's uh, why Italians speak with their hands, right? Because of the power. Right. And, the, and the, the, the accentuation of what I'm saying to you, I'm not Italian, but they're always like this, man. Whoa, everything is with the hands. And and you're right. And that's because they they feel that the, when you express things and we do that, uh, I was taught as a manager to to use your hands uh, to when you're speaking on purpose, because it accentuates to people the point that you're trying to say. <laughs> see what I just did with my hands while I was doing that? Those of you on the MP3 file, you can't see that. But we're aware of that. The, the how you dress 
the suit and tie when you're in corporate, the type of tie you have, the type of suit you have, the uh, you know the color of the tie uh, sets the tone for for what you are trying to project. Uh, the way you move your hands, the way you uh, carry yourself. Uh, that's why you see those guys that rock up on their toes when they're talking. Some guys put their hands in their pockets and talk and rock up on their toes. That's the cocky dick swinging uh, the guy who's trying to sell you a used car that you can't afford. And he's trying to take you for the uh, retail price of it off the lot when it's actually a junker. Right. And so, so you, you get to learn those things that there's techniques that people use for speaking and and uh, and they do that on the news. You have newscasters and most of the time newscasters don't use their hands. Have you noticed that they're very like this, like how, how you guys are seeing me now. And that's all they get to see. So newscasters are just a voice. They're a box. They're a voice. Party line, party line, party line. Sleep now, sleep now, sleep now. Listen to me. I tell you the truth. And they're a robot. That's why they move like one. Do you understand that? They don't use their hands. And if they do, they're playing with a pen or something. They have a pen in their hand. You know, that's about it. Because they're not, they're trying to brainwash you. They're not trying to uh, use anything else because if they use their hands, now you're going to see that they have to believe in what they're saying to give you the hand gestures. And if they don't, they're going to give you the wrong hand gestures and you're going to realize they're lying. That's why they take all that away from them. No emotion, stare directly into the camera and just speak the words. And they speak it with the accent that I have, which is I come from nowhere accent. Everyone understands me, and I don't have the sounds of some backwoods hillbilly that we keep making fun of, that people who don't sound like this are stupid. And they do that on purpose, too, because then only the people who speak like this as an automaton looking into the camera are the ones that are believed. And they're the ones that are trying to do everything they can to not give you any tells that says I'm lying to you. They're controlling their body movements, their, their facial expressions, all of the things that people do and say that subconsciously tell us, I'm lying to you, is taken out of the equation. The only time it happens is when you see people speaking at a podium and they're talking to you and they say something and then their human instincts kick in and that you catch them in a lie, Right. When, when you have like Gavin Newsom, for instance, I have a video of this. I should, I should, if I don't know when I was going to say this, I would put it on. The video of him during the, the coronavirus crisis uh, in 2020, and we were having problems with the PPGs and the PPEs, right? The personal protection and, and garments and stuff and procuring them. And he came out on television and said, we're going to start buying this stuff from local companies because we're all about making sure that we help local companies uh, to make money to keep, our, uh, to keep our economy running. And as he says that, he says, in the bottom line, it's all about helping Americans in business for themselves. And then, he, he, let me take my glasses off. And then, after he finishes that word, he looks away from the camera, he looks up to the right, and gets this look on his face for like a half second and then looks back at the camera. He knew he was lying. His body told us the story and gave us an evil look on his face. And that was his conscience telling all of us and lying to you. You have people like uh, uh, Joe Biden and you can check anyone who's taken psychology. You guys understand this. You understand body language because psychology 101 teaches body language quickly. 
So when you have somebody talking and they're, they're trying to tell you, all right, uh, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say, um, we're not going to raise taxes whatsoever. We're in fact going to lower taxes. And uh, you guys won't have to worry about that. Do you see what I just did? I said, we're going to lower your taxes and then nonchalantly touched my nose and rubbed my nose. That's me telling you I'm lying to you. It's the same thing when someone says something and they start playing with their ear. Well, I'll tell you what, we're never going to raise your taxes. We're not here to do that. Okay. You're going to have lower taxes by the end of next year. I just showed you two lies and I did body language that said to you, I'm lying to you. People who take psychology understand that. And they always have people come on a lot during the debates and they'll have them critique it. And they'll say, do you see what that person just did and how they looked and the way they looked away? Cops will tell you that when they're interviewing people, when someone's lying, they, they kind of look away. And sometimes it's up to the left or up to the right. And, or they won't look at the cops at all. They'll look down or they look straight up. That's because they're having a hard time lying to that person, looking them in the eyes. So every time they say a lie, they don't want to be looking at the person's eyes when they do it. So if you're ever talking to somebody who, who is constantly, unless it's like on here, because like now I'm looking at the, at the video and not the camera. And you get that a lot where some people are like looking this way. <laughs> it's because their monitor is over here, but their camera is here. So you can't fault them for that while online, but you can still see other tells. And people who speak with their hands more to get to that um, usually don't lie to you because their hand gestures won't work when they lie to you. They don't work right. It's hard to, it's, you have to concentrate on all that shit. So what they did was they take that out of the equation for the newscasters and those guys can just read whatever it is they want. And they're just sitting like this the entire time. Deadpan today, a hundred thousand people were murdered in, in, uh, in Iran. It was a horrific, horrific uh, a case. We're going to go to film here. Those of you with the squeamish of heart, please don't look and send your children into the next room. And here we can see 75 people being executed by being shot in the head. And they're completely no emotional anything. And they're trained to do that in broadcasting school. And then they get done with that and they go up next weather. Nothing's changed. But sometimes you can catch them when the camera kind of hovers a little bit too long and they're switching to somebody else to speak. And most people would, would even if there's two people on camera, would look at the person who's speaking now. I like to look at the person who's not speaking to watch their body language when they're not on camera and they don't think they are. And that's where you see them sometimes get a grimace on their face where they go, wow, I can't believe I just fucking told that story. You know what I mean? That happens sometimes. And that's, that's, that's what I do. I'm a nerd. When I watch the news, I'm going, is this motherfucker lying? Sometimes I pause it. What was that? What was that? Rewind it. Did you catch that? I've done this so many times. Gavin Newsom another time. I can't think of what he said, but I also had the, the film of that where he actually said the wrong word. A Freudian slip came out and he said the wrong word. And the word that he said was like, fuck you guys. I mean, it wasn't that, but it was, we're not going to uh, do this. Yet what he said was, um, you know, that he was trying to say we're not, I think he was trying to say that we're, we're not withholding any information from you at all. And he said, and so what we've been doing is holding information from you. <laughs> it, it slipped out. And the, the person didn't, no one caught it. They just kept filming. And uh, it's on YouTube. And I found it. Went, Wait a minute, what did he just say? And I rewound it. Watched it three times to make sure I was understanding what he was saying. So that's why they do that. That's why they do that. Penile gland, right? Yes, yes getting back to the third eye, right? Yeah, and that control, the, the penile gland is, there's a lot more that that is entailed too that has to do with your your higher self than just, um, you know, the fact that like people didn't realize that the pituitary gland, the penile gland 
the pituitary gland is at the bottom of it, right? So the pituitary gland, which is there in the middle of your head, and then the penile gland is right below it. If you look at that that um, uh, picture of, of like um, the, the the one from Egypt where they show the snake head and the and everything, the eye of raw, right? And how how's that work? How's that done? That way, raw. Yeah, it's done like that. Raw. Um, that that's the symbol. It's C for American Sign Language, but that meant raw to to them. Raw. It's actually I think it, it started there and then it became that. So raw. Anyways, so the symbol of raw is the is that it's the it's the the pineal gland and it, and the thing that hangs down is your pituitary. So the pituitary gland, people didn't realize, sends a signal to male testicles that says make make uh, testosterone and make sperm. Right, and and so when that gets damaged, that, that communication doesn't work anymore. Or if your testicles get damaged, the, the, your brain's going make testosterone, make make sperm, and your your testicles don't do it anymore. Right, that happens. Happened to me. I've been in martial arts since I was four, and I took catastrophic damage to my gonads. Didn't know it until my my weight started get, getting higher and higher, and I was getting more and more lethargic. And my roommate, the guy who I was talking to today, as a matter of fact, a 35-year-long friend, maybe even longer than that. We were like 17 or 18 when we met. We're still friends. Um, he had low T, and he says, you sound like you have low T. You better have your doctor check it. And we actually ended up with the same doctor because he said, this doctor I have is a great doctor, and he was. So I went to him, and I asked him, and we did a blood test, and you're supposed to have 700 parts per million to 1,500 parts per million, and in the average man between, you know, between uh, 18 and, and you know, 60, and I had seven parts per million. That's how much women have. <laughs> so I take shots every two weeks. I take a shot for, for testosterone because my testicles um, don't work right. <laughs> they, don't, they don't respond. They don't know more habla inglés from my pituitary gland. So the penile gland does a lot more for us. And if you look in the center of the penile gland, that's where your lizard brain is. <laughs> it's right in the center of that. And then everything else is built around that. And then the, then the, the big lobes... Uh, or, or in fact, it's in the center. And if you were to take your brain, which has a crease here, and you could actually pull it apart, it actually pulls apart without without too much the damage. And you can go right to the to the penile gland from the top. You do the same thing from the bottom or from the front. So yes, that's that's uh, has a lot more to do with our psyche and uh, uh, what's going on spiritually than most people thought. When you become proficient at meditation, you can experience separation from your body, right? Yes, Tony. Um, I have done that, um, but not not repeatedly. Or not, yeah, not repeatable easily. No, it's, it's hard in the beginning. You have to continue to do that over and over. Um, uh, and, and then you will find that you can travel. Uh, you can go to other places and see things. You know, astral project and people get really tripped out on that when you start doing that, right? Yeah, Marcus said, Alex Coolier, official channel on YouTube, <laughs> right? Yes, look that up, people. <laughs> Marcus, thank you for that. Look that up. I hope I don't cause any offense, but but reminds me of online. That's why it's called the American Dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. That's hilarious. Well, these days, agreed, because they usurped, took control of uh, the Matrix, through a hostile takeover, and then no longer will allow us to have that dream. And that's why, you know, the American dream nowadays is you have to be asleep to actually witness it or have it happen, right? And then also, though, but, you know, it can be, uh, like you're saying, that if you meditate and you learn to uh, to astral project and you travel, that could be the American dream, too, like you're saying, because um, the truth is, at that point, you're more free 
than you are in this body, which is a, a pain body, which is a slave, which is an automaton, which is in this reality, and it's stuck in this reality. Do you understand? So, so learning how to leave the body is the, the dream because you're then experiencing yourself on a higher density plane, right? So strange side note, Tony says, <laughs> I once took a drug years ago, methadone, and I think it was, I think it was, and my hands had to be, had to be involved, right? And my hands had to be involved in anything and everything I said <laughs> the, the following day. It was so strange. So, so, you, so your hands had to be involved in everything that you said. And that might be that uh, something in your brain uh, understood that part where there is uh, uh, further communication while using words, sound, vibrations, and then visual hands. So your, your mind may have just got kind of hooked on that and, and you decided that you needed to do that. And that might've been a side effect of, of doing that drug or something you unlocked, one of the doors you unlocked in your brain, right? <laughs> right, so yeah, the core of our brain at the, at the brain uh, spine stem is the reptilian, uh, um, yeah, is the reptilian survival brain, right? Yes, um, that's the first thing that we got. That's the, that's the first instinct uh, to keep this human body alive is, uh, the instinct to survive. Do you understand? That's the very first uh, code that had to be put into this human while making it is, is that you have to survive. So to survive, you have to have certain instincts that are above and beyond that will save your life. And uh, that's what happens a lot of the time when something happens, you get into that fight or flee, fight or flight uh, mechanism where you get the adrenaline dump and um, then you will start to, ref to uh, uh, you know, descend to that survival mode, which is the, what we call the lizard brain. Uh, and the trick to teaching people in combat is to keep yourself from regressing totally into that brain, but to be able to control the mechanisms and what that does uh, in muscle memory to help you to survive and continue to think. When I was a kid, my father would always say to me, no matter what happens, think, continue thinking and tell yourself, be in control of the thinking. Don't panic in your mind or elsewhere. Always continue to think and to continue to process what's happening to you and look for uh, something to that you can use or change that will keep that allow you to survive, but you're not doing it by your body doing it on its own because your body hasn't have the, the proper instincts. It just has run, <laughs> right? Run for your life. And you see that happen a lot in a crowd when something happens, especially these days with so much gun violence. If you're in a mall and, and something goes off and it sounds like a gun, people just dash for their lives in all directions and run to get to safety and sometimes trample each other and kill each other. And that's just herd mentality. They've literally are just running with the herd. They don't even know why. And there's people that talk about that, right? Black people joke about white people, how we're stupid. When something happens, we turn and go towards it. And they're like, hell no, I'm running with the, I don't even know why they're running or where they're going, but they're all going this way. I'm going with them. And some people, that is their mentality. They, they're not, so they're not eager in any way to, to assess the situation and find out what's happening, they just want to get out a lot. They're, so they're thinking more of themselves uh, than other people. So it's not white people in general. It's people who are in service to others don't tend to run away. 
before they assess the situation. They tend to try and figure out what's going on and watch everyone else run away and go here. And that's where people like they say, oh, that guy was brave because he ran into the fire. He did it because he had to. No one else was going to do it. And there was people in there. So that guy was brave enough to say, I need to go help them and run in there and get that. And there you're a good Samaritan. You're such a good guy. You almost gave up your life for that person. Who does that? You're a hero. And every single person who does that doesn't say, you're right, I'm a hero. They go, no, I'm just a guy, man. I just did it because I didn't want, and I was more important that they lived. Than I knew that if I didn't go in there, they would die before somebody who would go in there would get here. They don't consider themselves heroes for doing it. They consider themselves, that's what we do. We help each other because I'm in service to others. And people are like, wow. How can you be like that? Because that person who's sitting there as the announcer on that news station is self-serving and they don't get the concept of other people's lives are as important as mine and maybe even more important than mine, right? Children are more important than adults. Women are more important than men. Why is that? Because children are brand new and they have a whole life ahead of them and I'm older and I've lived my life already. So if I die now, it's not as bad as if that baby dies. Why are women more important? They are the goddess. They're the life giver, right? They are the only ones who can make babies. They're more important to keep around to make babies. So men will always try and save a woman before himself, unless he's in service to self. And then he runs away. Here's a perfect example, true story. And I know this is true because it happened to me. Okay. I was one, one day I was with my mom and my stepfather, who's now gone. My mother's still alive. My stepfather's gone. He was a piece of work and he was in service to self. And I'm going to show you. We went to San Jose, California flea market, which is one of the biggest flea markets uh, in the state, possibly the world. Huge, 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 like a city. Not even kidding you. <laughs> you. You can't see all of that flea market in a day. It's so big. Okay. So we're in the parking lot, which is like a couple of miles away from the thing. Not, not quite, but about that half mile to a mile. That's how big the parking lots were. And we're walking along and we're making our way up to the, uh, to go to the crosswalk to cross over into where the gates are to walk up and pay our money to go into the event. And as we're walking along the parking lot, we're, we're just kind of milling about talking. We're just walking, taking our time. And I happen to look up because I see movement and I'm wired that way, trained that way. I see movement. I look up and there's a cop pointing a gun at me. And I realize he's not looking at me, but he's pointing the gun in my direction. And he's trying to get my attention. That's why he's doing it. And I, then I look around and there's like six to eight cops. And they're setting up on a car. And this car has got four people in it. And I think they're doing a drug deal. And these cops are about to jump them. And they look like gang members. And I am literally walking with my mother and my stepfather. And we are less than five feet away from that car. And we are behind it right now. And there's nothing for us to do. If we run, if we run, I'm looking at the wrong monitor. If we run, it's going to alert them. If we stop, we might be in a line of fire if something breaks out. So we need to get out of the line of fire as fast as possible without alerting the guys that were over here in this car so the cops can then uh, attack the car. And they just had gotten cops coming this way to come in behind. So there's one behind me walking up and one in front of me walking over and he's going, motioning for us to come over, come here, get over here, right? And so I look at my mom, my stepfather and my mother have not seen any of this happening. 
That's how oblivious they are to the whole thing. And as we're walking along, I look at my mom, who at this point is on my right. And I said, Mom, I want you to come over here on my left-hand side. And she goes, why? I said, do it now. And I was whispering. So I'm being louder now than I was then because you guys have to hear me. I grabbed her by her wrist and I pulled her over to my left-hand side. And my stepfather was standing next to her. And my mom goes, what's going on? I said, just keep walking and shut up. And my stepdad turns and goes, what's going on? And he sees the cops for the first time. And he screams, he exclaims, oh, and then runs for his life. Takes off running, leaves my mother standing in the parking lot in harm's way and runs, never looks back. I watch him. I grab my mother at that point and I push forward. And just as that happens, the cops had to jump in to go after them because he had screamed and ran. And they're looking around, what the hell's going on? And now they're starting to see the cops. So they had to come on. So I'm hearing them going, don't move, show me your hands, show me your hands. And I'm pushing my mom. She goes, oh, fuck, what's going on? And I said, move, move, move. And I kept her in front of me. So where if anything happened and a bullet hit, it would hit me and not my mother. We found my stepdad 250 yards away, standing, holding on to and hugging the streetlight on the corner, looking around, wondering where we were. So when I walked up, I said, there he is. It wasn't hard to find. He ran so fast, he left little fiery footprints while he saved his own life and left my mother standing in a fucking shootout. So I said to him, I said, you're a fucking coward. And he said he was a Marine. You're a fucking coward. Had no respect for that man for the rest of my life because of that incident. He was in service to self and he was going to let my mother stand there and get killed. He went, oh, and ran. Perfect example. Service to others, me, service to self my stepdad and how people react in a situation that could be possibly volatile is dictated by your, uh, what you are inside, whether you're someone who is in service to others or self. Now, had I been there by myself, I may have reacted differently. There's no one else for me to save. I might be able to hurry up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and not let them see me. <clears throat> right. So I could have maybe ran, but that would have been just me saving myself. But because there was someone else in my life that I cared for deeply because I love my mother, I was going to sacrifice myself for my mom. And I was, if I had to, and I was blocking her body with mine and keeping her safe and moving her as quickly as I could without alerting the guys uh, until the cops could jump on them and then keep going till we got out of harm's way. Difference between somebody who's in service to self or service to others. Right? So Tony says, I wonder if, uh, if there is a relationship between more selfish, nasty criminal types and a longer, a larger reptilian portion of our brain. That's, I think it's, I think it's possible because we do know, that's a good question. It has nothing to do with prophecy, but we do know that uh, people who, um, who are narcissistic and, and those people are, are traditionally uh, in service to self and people who are um, beyond that, they're a sociopath. Um, there's a portion of their brain that is um, not as large as uh, other people's brain and that uh, people who have that portion of their brain larger, um, they have more compassion for other people. So something happens in your brain when you make the decision of the type of person that you're going to be when you get here. Um, and that's not genetic. So it's with, you know, you don't, you don't see people who are hardened criminals. We talked about that before. Sometimes, some of those things happen, but just because somebody chose to be a murderer doesn't mean that their kids are going to be a murderer unless dad taught them to be a murderer. And that would only take effect and they would only become a murderer if they, if they had that gene that was within them. Cause all of us are prone. We could all murder. Right. 
that's why racism stayed the way it was for as long as it did, because people were just propagating it by teaching it to their children. And their children were like, well, this is the way society works. They didn't realize that it was wrong because nobody told them it was wrong because everybody said to them it was right. It was only in time when thinkers started thinking and they didn't, they were like, I don't want slaves because I don't, I don't, I don't think that people should do that. That's when it started to change. And some people went, you know, I think they might be right. Abolitionists here in America were pushing the narrative of we need to abolish, that's hence the word abolitionist, abolish slavery. And that caught on and became the, the, the uh, way here in America. Slavery was, was banned, uh, at least openly. We know there's still probably slavery underground. And then you had the residuals of those people who were still trying to, trying to propagate the slavery by teaching their kids. So you still had racism happen, but that slowly over time started waning, waning and waning. But they'll have you believe now that there's more racism now than there ever was before. And that is an outright lie. Look at history. Talk to somebody who's alive today that was there during the civil rights movements of the 60s. And they will tell you, you have no idea. There is zero racism in this country right now compared to 1965. And 1965 compared to 1865. There is zero racism in America compared to 1865 in 1965. But 1965 is what you guys know about. And most of you people now don't because they're trying to keep you from learning history. So they tell you this is a racist, systemically racist society, and you believe it. That's a lie. It's a lie. You only believe it if you want to believe it. And it only becomes that way. And they go, oh, no. I was just talking about that uh, to my buddy today on the phone. People say, you're white, so you, you know, you're racist. The system is created so that you will have success and you can't possibly not. And yet I'm not rich. And yet I have gotten nothing from this system that's supposed to be um, racist for my benefit. And the people who tell me that drive around in a car that's worth $50,000 more than mine. They wear clothing that is worth, you know, five and $6,000. Right. They got the cell phone. That's a fifteen hundred dollar cell phone. They're wearing five hundred to a thousand dollar pair of shoes. Right. They're wearing a big sports parka that costs fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. Some more than that. And yet they're claiming that they're poor and that society is keeping them down. And that I'm because I'm white, I'm privileged and I have everything and I don't have any of that stuff. Never have. I was a poor white kid who grew up in a poor family who couldn't keep the cable on, who couldn't keep food on the table, and we ate breakfast food for dinner. We ate spaghetti, we ate chicken, and we ate oatmeal. And that's what we would have sometimes, pancakes and oatmeal for dinner, because it was cheap and we didn't have any money. Okay, So I grew up in a poor family with, with getting evicted, lights being turned off, all this stuff. And that was because my father didn't have a very big education because he joined the military in the 40s when he was a teenager to get away from his drunk father who used to beat everybody all the time. All the kids did that except for the daughter. She didn't join the military, but she became Rosie the Riveter. Not the Rosie the Riveter, but she did the same shit. And all three boys joined the military to get away from drunk ass, beating up on everybody, podunk, white trash father, <laughs> my grandfather on my father's side. Okay. So we grew up poor. We didn't have any money. We made our own costumes for Halloween. We decorated a tree because we popped popcorn and put it on a thread. We took pieces of cray paper and glued them together as a, as a little chain and made our own garland. This is not a lie. I did this for real. And people, and people say, you're white. The whole society is designed for you. It's not designed for me. It's designed for the rich and the elite. 
It's not designed for you either. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It matters what class you're in. If you're not the rich ruling class who stole the matrix, you're a slave in their minds. And they're trying to convince you that you are so they can take total control. Just saying. And to fix all that, getting back to prophecy, somebody out there is going to be pissed off at me because I can't believe that you're going talking about that. What the fuck does that have to do with prophecy? Everything. Because prophecy is telling us how we can fix this. And it's by fixing the past. Well, we can't do that. The past is over. No, it's not. It's happening now. You just perceive it as before. That's how it was easy for them to take control of the matrix. They understand that the past is current. It's happening dually as we speak. Everything behind us is still happening. But we're perceiving only this moment. We don't even perceive the future yet. We imagine it. But we don't perceive it as reality until it's here. That's being stuck in this body. You, your soul, outside of this body, is not bound by this linear time. So the second you move from being in this avatar to the consciousness that is you, time no longer exists. It is only now. The past to the present and the future is happening now. And that's the biggest jump and the hardest jump for the human race to make. And that's the key to retaking the matrix from those who took it. The understanding. This is the fruit, right? This is the fruit from the Garden of Eden and what that meant. The knowledge, I have to give it to you, but you can't have it unless you decide to take it. I can give you the tools. Here's the key to the universe. But you have to take that key from me and find the door. Do you understand? So the serpent in the Garden of Eden was giving Adam or gave Eve first. And Eve gave Adam this knowledge bearing fruit. But it had to be freely accepted. If I hand it to you and you go punk and throw it on the ground, you will never learn it. You wasted the tool. So I can give you the tool, but I can't force you to eat it. I can give you the tools, but I can't force you to use them. You have to discover the truth of what I'm saying or what Jesus said or what anyone else that's saying the same things that I'm saying. So don't, don't think I'm comparing myself to Jesus. But you have to accept that. So you have to become to a place spiritually where you trust someone enough to say, maybe I should look down that rabbit hole. And then you do it yourself. It has to be you. You have to look within you. You have to find yourself within you and then you can look without and see everything for the way it really is. And that's what I'm working on and have been working on ever since any of you have found me online. I see I plugged mine in. <laughs> Tony says I have to charge my phone. I have to, I have to charge my phone. It, it's in an awkward place. So I might be, <laughs> might be disconnected, right? Well, I, I plugged my phone in because of that. I had to use my phone today to broadcast because, I couldn't get the computer up fast enough because I was late. I got here at like five after. I went, oh, I was supposed to be online right now. And I started loading the computer and went, I don't have time to play with that. I'm just going to use my phone. I know it works. I know it's fine. I'll use my phone and go live. That's why I did that. Okay. But that's the most important thing is, is for us to focus on the past only in the narrative and know that the past is the present. The past is the future. The, fr the future is the past and the future is the present. You understand? It's all the same. So we have to become aware of that spiritually, or at least, you know, uh, in, a, in a spiritual way.
we have to become aware that we're not just this presence in this timeline. We're every presence that we've been in every time prior to this, as well as this one, and every presence we're ever going to be right now. But we can't perceive that when we're stuck inside this avatar. That's the trap. That's the trap, the mind. It's the trap of the mind, the body. Okay? That's the ego, the mind body, the mind, the pain body. That's the trap that this avatar is. You get put in here and you're bailed. Whoop, knock my hat. <laughs> Disheveled everything. So that's that's the trap. And when you're born, you're born in this body and you don't know anything. You don't remember any of it. And you have to discover that. And as you evolve and discover that, that opens up your mind. Have you ever heard of that? What is that doing when you're opening up your mind? You're expanding your consciousness. And as you expand your consciousness, it's going to expand to some place above and outside of your body. And that's what you're trying to ascend to. And that understanding, what I say about we need to change the narrative in the past, doesn't seem hard because it's now. So we just have to change the perception, right, of the past and combat those things like Zachariah Stitchin's uh, translation that created a race of people that people believe are real now. There is no race called the Anunnaki. None. There aren't any. There was a god called Anu, right, in some folklore, in a Greek um, uh, philosophical thought at the same time as the Mesopotamians. And because Zachariah Stitchin was introduced to that Greek god before he was introduced to the words that he was reading, he saw Anu and went, well, that must be the Anu, the god. Right? By that token... By that token, every time you say Roxette, Japanese hear the word Roxette, and to them that means diarrhea. Does that mean that the word Roxette is diarrhea? No. Okay, but the word to them means diarrhea. So there are some words in other people's languages that don't mean anything near what it means to another language. That is the term, right? Here's the speaking in tongues. I will force them all to speak in tongues so they don't understand each other. Well, how, how best to do that than to give people many hundreds of the same words that mean completely different shit in every society? Chevrolet made a car called the Nova after a supernova, a Nova in space, something powerful and magical and full of energy. And any of you who are uh, someone who speaks Latin, I say Latin because it's not Castilian, so it's not Spanish. But if you speak anything that's near to Spanish, the words nova split into two words. No means no, and va means go. <laughs> okay, so when they see it, that's a car that says no go. Oh, I'm going to go buy a car that says I can't run. No go, slow, can't run. Do you see? When Pepsi had their slogan, which they stopped because of this, Pepsi, a choice of a new generation. Those words translated in, I think it was Japanese or Chinese, as if you drink this, you will see your dead ancestors. This is not being made up. Okay, so they dropped the slogan because it meant something very spiritual. You drink our product and you will see your dead ancestors. 
not the choice of a new generation. So the words, the choice of a new generation, translated from English into Japanese, lost in translation, becomes drink this and you will see your dead ancestors. Do you understand? So the same words mean something different. And, and I tell you that, and people laugh about it, and you get it, and you believe it. And then when I tell you that Zachariah Stitchin saw the word anu and took the word anu, na, anu, anu na ki and split it into three words and said anu the god, right? I'm not sure what na means, but ki means comes. So it must be God from heaven comes. But the words that were written in Mesopotamian were two words, anuna, one word. And ki. Anuna means the prince king or royalty, not God. Not God. But a prince or a king came to the city, not God. Not the God Anu. Okay, Anuna means prince or royalty. So the prince came is the actual translation, not those from the heavens came to earth. Mistranslation, because the word Anu, when he saw it, he remembered that word from a timeline of people who lived at the same time or at similar times because they did have crossover and a border. And it, he assumed that because that word was Anu and meant a god, which was actually a mistranslation, and it didn't mean that. But they mistranslated that. The Greeks did and thought that that was a god. It was actually a different name, and they translated it wrong. So they had the wrong translation, which he translated wrong to their wrong translation. And guess what? Now it becomes a god. And now the Anunnaki have become a name of a race of people that don't even exist. Never have. Do you see how lost in translation could change things? But you guys won't accept that one because you want to believe. Because you've been told that the Anunnaki are a race of people who created us as a slave labor race. So the only way that works is that you have to believe his translation, even when people tell you that it was translated wrong. You refuse to believe it because you want to believe that other narrative. You're closed-minded, and you're not going to go, maybe I should look up what he said. Maybe I should look that up and see if, if what he said is true. Is Leo lying? And I tell people this all the time. Everything that I say to you, don't believe it. Look it up for yourself. And if you find uh, that you're wrong, I'll put you on the show, and you can tell the world. But I'll also rebut. So if you come on with a, some some guy who has a who, you know, there was a guy who was going to uh, debunk the ancient aliens theory. I can debunk the whole ancient aliens theory because they lied to you in this video. And he said it was the up there with um, Saxon Woman. And uh, the they said they talked about the, the stuff being made out of indecite. And Zachariah Stitchin, uh, or no, I'm sorry, uh, it was a uh, um, what's his name? Um, Georgios Zuclos and um, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. The the grandfather of all the ancient alien stuff wrote wrote the book. Uh, uh, you know the uh, chariots of the gods. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Anyways, they both had said indecite. So he's playing the video, and in there I'm watching it, and I'm a big fan. I invented ancient aliens worldwide group on Facebook. We have 280,000 members in the group. Something like that, 180,000. I'm not sure anymore. And they keep Facebook goes in and purges some of our people. We actually lost 30,000 people in a week, and not because they left, because they were deleted. Facebook told us that those were accounts that were either banned or or um, not real accounts or something, and they've been in your group for inactive in your group for five years. So they just decided to go through our our archives and kick people out. Right? They do that to everybody now, apparently. So 
So I'm a fan of Ancient Aliens. And I had watched that episode. And I went, no, something's wrong there. Something's wrong there. So I stopped this video at that point and I went to the actual website, went to uh, historychannel.com, got that episode, what was played on television, what was aired on television and watched it. He edited the video and left out the part where they were talking about the other rocks that were made of concrete or, or, uh, or granite. He edited that part out so that the narrative would work that he said they claim that all of the, uh, the stuff up here was made of indecite. And clearly, here's that place. And it's not all made of indecite. It was like one-tenth of the rocks were made of indecite. They never claimed that. They just made the statement, and some of them were made out of indecite, and we can't cut that stone now. And they cut the part out where he said some of them and played it where he said, and the stones were made of indecite, and we can't cut that now. I said, see, they lied. There was not all made out of indecite. So I went back and proved it. I, I watched the video. He edited the video to fit his narrative so that he could debunk them. So that means to me, he can't debunk them. He just thinks he's going he's to try and do it, even if he has to lie. So then I started watching his video, and all I found was every time he claimed something, if I went and watched the actual episode, he would have edited it, and he's, and he's literally editing it the way he wants you to believe the narrative to, to say that they're all full of shit. That's what happens. And this is why people like me tell you all the time, don't listen to what people tell you. Listen to what they don't believe what they tell you. Listen to what they say and then look it up for yourself. And don't just go to one source, because if you do, then you're like the fact checkers for, uh, you know, for the Democratic Party, which is most of the fact check uh, sites that are out there. And they claim to be that they're not just a mouthpiece for the Democratic Party. And then when you go look at their website, and who donates all their money to them, they're all progressive Democrats. There's not a single Republican. So they're doing the bidding of those Democrats and they never have anything good to say about any Republican, anything they say, but they have good things to say about the Democrats and never have anything to say about the Democrats. It's bad. And they never debunk anything the Democrats have to say. And it's saying on the other side, if you find you happen to run into one that's a, a Republican hack, you're going to find the same thing. OK, that's why you have to take everything with a grain of salt on the Internet and look at people. And say, what is their narrative that they're trying to push? Is this guy right wing, left wing, dead center? Does he care? Does he have any political? Because I have everybody hating me. Republicans say I'm a Democrat and Democrats say I'm a Republican. Okay? Because I am the real independent. I'm a no party affiliation. That's what I'm listed as. Because I think for myself. I'm not backing a party, which I don't believe in. I'm not going to back the Republicans because half of them are the swamp. And I'm not going to back the Democrats because half of them are the swamp. I'm not going to back the independents because they only back the Democrats. So I can't call myself independent because independents 99% of the time vote with Democrats. So they're not really independent, are they? <laughs> if they were independent and middle of the road, you would see them vote with both sides sometimes. Or maybe even 50% because they're going with their minds. They don't do that, do they? So if you associate yourself with a party, you're already the problem. You're not part of the solution, even if you're voting, because you're going in there. I'm going to vote for a Democrat straight down because I'm a Democrat. Not I need to make sure these people aren't Marxist communists. <laughs> and what is their agenda that they're pushing? I'll just turn on CNN and have them tell me. That's why if you go to my personal Facebook page on the wallpaper is a newscaster who's sitting there deadpan looking at you. And it says on the screen, it's six o'clock up next. What we want you to believe. 
because that's the only thing you get told on any news station around the world is what they want you to believe, not what's actually going on. They want you to believe the narrative that they're being paid to tell you. Believe it 100% of the time. If you do that, you will then change channels. And if you do that, you will then find the real truth. Because like children, when you walk into a room and there's pandemonium broke loose in there and you go, what the hell happened? They both point at each other. He did it. She did it. He did it first. No, you didn't. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And then it starts up again. And then if you question them, they're going to point themselves, uh, paint themselves as the victim every time. People do that, especially children. Some children never grow up and they still do it as adults because they're not out of their childhood head. They just have an adult body. Do you understand? And so they're still acting the same way. How do I know that? Look up how the IQ test, what it's invented for and how. The IQ test is invented by the assumption that no one in the world is mature past the age of 18. That 99% of all people are somewhere between 13 and 17 years of age until the day they die. And if you uh, test higher than average, you become a genius. And that just means that you're no longer 18. You're 21, 25, 30. You have evolved as an adult and you get smarter. That's true because you gain wisdom because you're looking for it because you've broken your conditioning and you're looking for wisdom and you're now transcending into adulthood. And it is only those people who understand what's happening in the world. So if you're going, man, I don't have any idea what's going on in the world. It's not your fault. This world has been hijacked for more than 125,000 years by people who understood the past, the present, and the future. Three, six, and nine. And the energy of the creation, three, six, nine, 12, and the one, the 13, or the one. They understand that equation, and they understand how it works. And so he who controls the spice controls the universe. That was the dichotomy of Dune and what they were trying to explain to you there, which means the same thing. He who controls the matrix controls the universe. He who controls the narrative controls the matrix. Who controls the narrative? The news. They control the narrative. So they are telling you what to believe. So they're the ones that are telling you to be asleep and stay asleep. And then you have other people that are trying to tell you what they want you to think past that political be asleep. And they're the ones that are selling you the idea You're a slave. You're a slave. You're a slave race designed to be a slave. You're a slave. You're a penal colony. So you're a slave. You're a slave labor force that was created to look for the most precious elements on your planet. And we have so much of the fucking shit that it's everywhere. We used to put it in our teeth. We drink it in alcohol, gold, silver. This stuff's not precious. It's everywhere. It's still in the earth. You can know diamonds. Diamonds are created by this earth over and over and over again. And if you take all of them up off the ground and put them in a box and you come back seven years later and the planet's going to make just as many and they're all going to be there again. They found that out in the Pacific Ocean, like in the Mariana Trench when they went down there, there was diamonds down there. So they went down and they scraped up all the diamonds and they came back seven years later and guess what? There was fucking tons of diamonds down there again. 
So those are being made over and over and over because the shifting tides of the planet and the magma and everything, it's crushing the different rocks and from coal into diamonds over and over and over uh, again. And so it's recreating and then coal is being recreated every time there's a fire, it turns the wood into coal. You can scrush that wood down and you can make a zirconian diamond. We call it zirconian because it means we made the diamond. It wasn't made from nature. And somehow we put a lesser value on ones that we made instead of the hundred million years it takes or whatever, however long it takes for the planet to make. That's stupid, right? Eric Von Daniken, thank you. <laughs> I was trying to think of Von Daniken's name earlier and Sharon put up the chat and I didn't see it. <coughs> yeah, so it was Giorgio Sucolos and Eric Von Daniken in that episode. I think Childress was also in that episode and they were all talking about and each one said indecite and so he clipped that in and made it sound like they were talking indecite the entire time and they weren't, right? So, you know, what does this have to do with prophecy, right? For those of you who just came in, everything, go back and listen to what I said. Right. And that's where people are having a hard time understanding when we talked about this before, where we're telling you aliens, 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 now go meditate, because all of that is a part of it. We're just this planet, but but we are not from here, most of us. Right. So even though you were born on this planet, you're not indigenous to this planet. We're aliens, too. And anybody there's no difference between a Mexican and an American and a human and somebody from another planet or a Terran, because that's what being a planet is. And another planet, they're just from over there on another planet. Right. So there's no difference. And we have to understand that we have to unpack this. The whole entire universe revolves around us bullshit that they lied about to get you to think that we were the center of the universe. and There was nothing else out there in the universe. The greatest trick the devil ever got was was teaching you that you didn't exist. So or that he didn't exist. So the best way of keeping humans in control is having them think there is nothing else. And then when they try to find out that there's something else, your churches and everybody said, that's demons. That's the devil. Don't listen to that. Your soul, it's all bad, 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 evil, evil, evil. They're going to come eat you. If they're real, they're going to eat you. But they're not real because they're demons, because I say so. Listen to me. Come here and watch God. Let me tell you about God again. Let me tell you what I want you to know about God. Don't You can't read this Bible on your own. Can't have you doing that. You'll have your own assumptions. You'll come to your own conclusions. We can't have you free thinking. What are you, stupid? Don't ever talk about that again. And they, I'm sure this conversation that I just said to you happened to some of you by someone at some time in your life. And if it didn't, it happened at some time in one of your lifetimes. Guaranteed. Okay. So they distract you so that you don't know who you are. They tell you prophecy of gloom and doom only. They never give you prophecy of, of utopia because they want you afraid of the future so you don't focus on it. They don't want you to know about the past so you don't focus on it. They want you focused only on the flesh now because if that's all you're doing, you are not ascending spiritually and you're just obsessed with food and drugs and sex and rock and roll and going to the movies or whatever. But it is all mundane and it's all here and it's all tangible. And this is all there is. Ask me, I'll tell you, don't look on your own. Come to me. And that's what they do. That's what they do. So they reassure you every day on the news. Bad thing happened, bad thing happened, bad thing happened. Politics, politics, bad thing happened, bad thing happened. Oh, and they found a kitty in a tree and got it down. Isn't that cute? Oh, yeah, that was great. Gun violence, people doing the bad things, evil, bad, the whole world's bad, and everybody's racist, and look at this, and, and, and look at that over there. But then when they have their people doing bad things, oh, no, 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 the protests are mostly peaceful. <laughs> Fucking building blows up behind the guy with fire and they move out of the camera shot. 
real quick. Nothing to see there. That was just a small uh, fire in a barrel. Uh, but everything's pretty much, uh, look over here, there's nothing going on. And then the car blows up in the lot behind them. And then they move again. <laughs> well, it's mostly peaceful. There's a couple of bad eggs back there. And then when you see people that are in the crowd filming, it's a few actors that are doing it. And you hear people saying, this guy's Antifa, this guy's Antifa. And then they're pulling guns at him or they're hit, coming at him with bats. Put that out freaking don't record me. Get out of here with that. Why would they do that to fellow protesters? Because that fellow protester, he knows, is filming him and he's not one of the fellow protesters. And every time they catch these Antifa people, none of them are black. They're all rich, entitled white kids from college between 18 and 24. Not kidding. Okay, so Black Lives Matter is out there and you see black people protesting and then everybody that starts rioting and then, of course, the mob rules. So if I'm out there and I am a poor black guy, right, and I'm out there protesting Black Lives Matter and the cops are, are bad and somebody breaks the Nordstrom's, I'm not going to not go over and steal shit. Why wouldn't I? Someone broke the door open and everything's over there for all of us to take. Mob rules. The only way you're not going to do that is if you're in service to others and you go, oh, fuck, we need to get out of here. And most of those people don't go to the protest to start with because they know what happens there. So they don't go. And some of the people are protesters and they go there to disrupt. Right. They want something to happen and they want their voice on the news. If the news cameras weren't there, none of it would go on. They wouldn't be burning things down because nobody's filming it. No one cares. Do you understand? So if they weren't out there going, you know, oh, look at what's going on. Hey, uh, uh, what, what's going on here? I hate that world. America sucks. Needs to burn, man. And every time when you when you arrest these people that are wearing the masks that are doing it, they've been predominantly. I haven't seen any other race besides white people. Right. So everybody who said that they were Antifa, that's, that's, Antifa, that's Antifa, that's Antifa. And the people who claim to be Antifa, I have yet to see any other race besides white people in there. So those of you who are with Black Lives Matter, you guys should pay attention to that. They're not your friends. And they're not doing this for you. <laughs> right? They're not black people. They don't even know your cause. You say that to all white people. They can't possibly know what we go through. Oh, but we're okay. Oops, as I hit my, my desk here. But we're okay with them burning that shit down because, you know, we would do that if we weren't, you know, if we were stupid. Um, we would do that too, but we, you know, we really don't want to do that. But I'm going to go get some Adidas because they just knocked over a Walmart. That's just being opportunistic, greedy, opportunistic, and that's part of our conditioning. So it's not their fault. What they're trying to portray and say is very important. The Black Lives Matter people, but then you have the ground, the brown shirts, paid for by George Soros, Mike Bloomberg, and the in the. Uh, the Democratic Party, I hate to say that, for those of you who are liberal, you're going to hate me right now. But that's the truth. Look it up. Look it up. Go to go to Black Lives Matter and see who pays them. And it's going to be Bloomberg. It's going to be Soros, Zuckerberg, uh, Hillary Clinton Foundation, Barack Obama Foundation. You're not going to see Republicans paying these guys. And then Antifa, same thing. Antifa is the same thing. They're getting the same money from the same people. right? So the people that are telling them what to do Right. And they were telling them where to burn and what to burn down. And they weren't burning down Nordstrom's. They weren't burning down uh, the Versace. However, now they're starting to knock them over. Right. So now just, to, just today, just today, uh, large corporations that own these big high ticket um, companies that are being attacked with the snatch and grabs 
all across the nation are now putting pressure on the American government to do something about this. They didn't care when they were burning down mom and pop stores. They didn't care when they were burning down franchises because those were middle-class Americans who were just trying to make a way however they knew how. And they were trying to destroy the middle class. And if you don't think that's true, then you need to, to go and find that fruit knowledge. You need to take the red pill <laughs> so that you have the knowledge and you can see. And that's putting back to opening the third eye. And the only way that you can do that is to question everything, right? So even the prophecy of the future is not set. The past is not set. The present is not set. It is ours to create. Yeah, that's it. White privilege. I never got my white privilege. I don't know what happened. I, I must have been sleeping that day, cut school. Maybe I was high. I don't know. Right. Julie says, I never got mine. Yeah, I didn't even. <laughs> yeah, middle class has to go. They wanted it to go. That's the, the They have to have it go so that it's the rich and the slaves. One or the other. No in between. So they have to smash the, the middle class back to the slave camps. And that way they have all the money. And it already is that way. Now, 1% of the population has 99% of all the, all the wealth around the world. Look that up. Ask why that is. Because they've leveraged themselves into positions of power to do just that. Because they're evil. First step was taking the matrix. Made it a lot easier. And then they just put themselves in power everywhere because they drove the narrative. And if you buy the narrative, you buy the presidency, wherever you are in the world. That's what they do. We do all the work, give them the money, and they in turn take that money and put people in office that are going to use their agenda, and that's it, period. And they brag about it on television. And they're bragging about it to their rich friends, but they do it right in front of us. Mike Bloomberg was one of those when he was running for president. He proudly announced, I paid $100 million and made sure that the 27 seats that were taken in the House that gave the House back to the Democrats happened. That was me. So vote for me for president. I bought this country and made it what it is today. And I did it in the last two years. So vote for me. And he was trying to buy the presidency, but he wasn't likable. Because he was a short little squat guy that was about five foot four, and Americans aren't going to elect a five foot four president. <laughs> Unless he's Mahatma Gandhi, for crying out loud. Right? It could happen. I'm just saying. He was a little, you know, and there was enough Americans who looked at him as a slimy snake that understood that when he said, I bought and paid for the government to be uh, turned over the Democrats right now and very proud of it. He's the same guy that gave $48 million to Hillary Clinton. And George Soros gave her another $50 million to win the election, made sure that she had well over $200 million in her coffers to buy the presidency. But the people voted for the orange guy. <laughs> But then they made sure, well, that didn't work. We need to change our narrative and make him look so evil and crazy that no one would possibly vote for him so we can undo all the good things he did for the, for the people. And the first thing they did was took all that away. Why would you, as a president, come into office where the ex-president made the country completely 100% self-sufficient in all energy fields? to the point where we were the largest company on the world or country on the world that were selling more energy to the rest of the world than the Middle East. 
who have dynasties because of the oil and we, they had to buy oil from us. Why would you stop that from happening in your first month in office and, and close 70,000 factories and then have to turn around and, and beg for oil from the same people you were just selling it to who are now pissed because when the other guy was president, they weren't selling the oil to the rest of the world. They were taking a, a loss, decided to make it up by charging us $160 a barrel. So now our gasoline is almost $5 a gallon when it really only needs to be about $1.85. And that's what it was when the other guy was in charge and we were making our own, manufacturing our own shit. Why would you do that and why would you as a civilian, as a citizen, think that it's okay to do just those things? Not even mentioning anything else out of the, out of the 75 presidential edicts signed by Joe Biden. Changing laws, changing narratives with a stroke of a pen without the people voting on it, without the people having a say. And that set a precedent because now as soon as a, another president gets in there, that president is going to sign 75 things to undo everything that president did and then sign a bunch for himself or herself. So what's going to happen now is every time the president gets into office, they're going to change all the entire laws of our land with a stroke of a pen with no one else's opinion because we're allowing it to happen. That's called a dictator. That's called a monarchy. That's not a, a society where people vote. When the leader of the country signs into edict and makes laws with a sign of a pen and everybody in his party backs him up and everybody that's watching it on the news allows them to do that, you have lost all of your freedoms. All of them. They just haven't written it on a piece of paper to take it away from you yet. They haven't gotten to that because they had to change the narrative back to the way it was so the people who were supposed to make money on a global scale was making money because it's part of their globalist agenda. And oh yeah, that's under one world government, which is them. Not you, not me, not Republicans, not independents, one party rule, the entire planet. And who is that one party? The 1% rich and elite on this planet. That's the agenda that's happening before your eyes. And if you don't believe me, look around. Ask yourself why I'm paying $8 or $5. What is it? $8 a gallon for milk. Why is it that, that paper plates that you used to be able to buy a hundred of them cost you $9.99 up until January. What is it? January 6th <laughs> when they changed office. And then now they're $13 for the same $9.99 plates. Why is it that steak, all red meat, went up by $3 a fucking ounce. Why is that? Oh, COVID. COVID happened. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Supply chain problems. That's a lie, too. There was no supply chain problem. They just stopped bringing people in and left it alone. We have plenty of food. Here's something that I just found out. Right now we're talking politics, but here's something I just found out. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's true because I didn't see them actually taking it away. However... This farmer who was paid, now that stuff, when you hear that, farmers are like, I was paid by the government all kinds of money to burn my crops. That's been going on forever. 
that's been going on forever. A commodity, a price point, is driven by how much you have of the product on the market. If you have too much of a product, the price goes down because there's too much and people have to try and sell it. They need to blow it out the door before it goes bad. So they lower their prices. That's how you control everything. That's how the, the dollar is controlled. That's how everything is controlled. Regulation of, of prices, supply and demand. You have to have more or less supply than there is a demand to drive price up. If there is plenty of something, the demand becomes less because everybody has one. Do you understand? So you need to take a civics class in a in a in a uh, uh, in a in a, so, in a uh, socialism class, right? <laughs> to, to to figure this stuff out. Business, even try to take business, but civics class is the most important thing. Learn this stuff. Learn how things work and why they work. So to control the price of something and make it worth more money, you have to control a thing and have less of it. He who controls the spice controls the universe. He who controls the money controls the universe. He who controls the matrix controls the universe. It's all the same thing. Do you understand? It's all the same thing. People think there's a separation in things. Well, whoever controls the White House controls the universe. That's the same as whoever controls the matrix. That's the same as whoever controls the spice. That's the same as whoever controls the money. Whoever regulates and is in control of the economy controls the economy and how much money they make. Do you understand? So the American dollar is only worth how much we have printed. The more you have printed, the less it is worth. So your American dollar today is worth about five cents of the American dollar from 1971. Look that up. It's not a lie. It's worth a nickel compared to that. Or even worse, it's worth like two pennies in the 1800s. Go back to the 1800s. Think about the sayings that they had, right? They'd go in and get a sarsaparilla and it would cost them a penny. You go to get a soda now and it's a couple bucks. Do you see the difference? That was our money was worth more then than now. When you went to the store when I was a kid, we went to get gas and gasoline was 25 cents a gallon. What? The American dollar was so strong 25 cents for one gallon of gasoline and we're paying $5 now. Do you understand? Deflated from $1 for one gallon, our monetary, our money is worth five times less. So we have to have five times more to buy the same gallon of gasoline. Do you understand? I went to get it, my father went and bought a pack of cigarettes back at Lucky Strikes at the same time the gasoline was 25 cents and he handed me the receipt and I looked at it. It was 33 cents. They're more than $10 a pack now. 33 cents for a pack of cigarettes in 1973. Now, they're, now it's $10 a pack. Some places 12. Because our dollar is worth less. So we need more of them to pay for things. The more money they keep printing, it's deflating the American dollar even more. You don't know that because you've never taken that course. You're just like, man, there's inflation. The prices are higher. Inflation happens when you have to inflate the prices to augment how shitty your money is worth. Do you understand that? 
He who controls the money controls the universe. He who controls the spice controls the universe. He who controls the matrix controls the universe. He who controls the narrative that you're hearing controls the universe. And those are the 1% of the population with all the money. Right? Sophia says nothing. Wait, what was it before that? Oh, that was uh, Brandon is just a puppet. Yeah, yeah agreed. Uh, so Sophia says, nothing is as it appears. Agreed, right? The system put into place was created by specific lineage, right? The Bar Association members control all aspects of our life, and they keep the narrative going by getting people to choose labels and, and left versus right. That's correct. They control the technology, right? They, they control uh, the technology. We could be driven driving cars running on water. Agreed. Agreed. But they want the fossil fuels because they're making money off the fossil fuels. Right. So uh, that's true. We could be using the vapor just like a vape machine that turns the water into vape. You can turn this a gas. You can run off of that. Agreed. Right. So they control the technology by driving the cars. We could be driving the cars on water. Why would we choose to refer to ourselves as citizens? Correct. Now look that word up and find out what it means, right? It's all about mind control. Why would we choose to buy into the narrative if you really want to know uh, what what more? But if you really want to know what, and it says mon, and they don't have the rest of it up there for some reason, right? So, but it's, that is the truth. So you're speaking the actual truth. Why would we do this? Why? Because they control the narrative. So we don't have any choice. They took control of the narrative. And so they're telling us only what they want us to know. And they're feeding us full of bunch of bullshit. But we don't know that because they've taken and erased our memory of our own past. So we already had the veiling and have our memory erased. But all the all of the past history tells the story of what is going on. So they can't have us having that because they changed it. They have to erase that, that they changed it somewhere. And because of that, that's when they gain control of the narrative. And they've been teaching us only what they want us to hear. When back in the day, there was no schools. People go to churches and the churches would only feed you what they want you to know. Do you see? Julie says, a friend of mine knew a guy that invented a watered power car engine decades ago. It was taken and he passed shortly after. They took it from him, and then he died in some way that probably looked like it was natural. And they, nobody got that engine. Because water, 75% of the planet, it's free. Can, yeah, we can claim back our memories. Yes, and this is what my whole thing about talking about prophecy was to show you the prophecy that's out there that's been there since the 1500s that is warning us. And then showing the Bible also with a prophecy there that has been for 2,000 years that's warning us about the future and that it's not set. And that we are supposed to be in control of it. That's what's been taken from us. The memory of ourselves. So not just the veiling so we don't know that we are God and that we are all one. That's an important thing to get to as well. But we also don't know where the temporal war started and when, because it was erased. Our origins were erased from our memory. And so that's why they have had everything uh, not being shown to anybody. And they don't, they don't want people finding shit. 
only people that can make money off of it and drive the narrative. Hence, everything they find for the pharaohs and all the gold and everything gets to go on tour around the world and people spend all kinds of money and they refuse any other narrative about anything about the pyramids other than it was because we were kings and we did colossal things. And if you believe anything else, you're stupid. Why? Because if you think aliens might have had something to do with it, that expands your mind to the possibility that there's other lives in other places, which expands your mind to the possibility that you could be more than what you are. Do you understand that? Anything that makes your imagination grow or have an imagination at all has to be stifled. No free thinking here. No imagining here. None of that. That's all fake. You can call it fiction if you want, but don't try to pass that off as real. If you do, we're going to take it from you. Okay. And I know a lot of people who have been working on, there's a guy that, that was in Above Majestic who said he developed an engine that would be free, but he's not going to turn it on because he knows the second he does, they're going to kill him for it. And, but he has it farmed out to people with instructions that if he dies, show it to the world. But he doesn't want to be around when it happens because he's afraid. And he said that on film in Above Majestic. Watch that movie. So same thing. There was a guy um, who talked about one day waking up and he looked out the window and there was a man in black under the hood of his car tinkering with something. He's like, what the fuck's going on? There's this guy in a black suit with a hat and sunglasses tinkering with my car. He goes out there and the guy runs over, gets in his car and drives away. However, he had attached a device to this guy's car inside the car. And it was a device that went on the spark, one of the, uh, the, the uh, um, alternate alternator where the spark plugs go through with the, and all the energy goes there and it goes in and, and, and runs the car. It made him get almost free gas. He burned no gasoline and he, he like went through maybe a gallon of gas and he drove like 300 miles and it took him like four or five days to do that. And his gas gauge didn't, he thought it was broken. So he went to the gas station to put gas in it and it didn't, didn't take any gas. He said, what the hell's going on? And so he put a dipstick in there and found out it was, it was fun, plenty of gas. Then after about a week, he wakes up and there's that same guy. And the guy's taking the thing off his car. So they must have been testing it. And they just randomly picked somebody to test it. And he caught them and was like, what was going on? And they paid attention to his odometer and how much gas he had in his car. Why would they do that? Did that really happen to him? Or was he trying to tell us that there was a device that he knew about, but couldn't say I was a part of designing it because they would kill him over it because he had a contract. But if he said, hey, somebody was putting something on my car and I don't know what it was, this is what it did, maybe he'd get around those things. I don't know. Because why would they test it on somebody that doesn't know? Like I go out to my car and all of a sudden I'm getting good gas mileage. I don't know why. And then all of a sudden it starts getting shitty gas mileage again or back to normal gas mileage again. And I don't know what happened. Right? Well, truthfully, would I think anything of it? No, I don't know what the hell happened. One day I was getting great gas mileage and the next day I wasn't. I had a car that I that may have happened to me like that because – I was driving it and I, and I first got it and I filled it up and it didn't seem like I was using any gas. I'm like, this gas gauge has got to be wrong. I've driven like a hundred miles and I have well, not even a quarter of a tank gone. This is crazy. And I went to the gas station and tried to fill it up and it would only put in like two or three gallons. And I'm like, I thought the same thing. It's got to be something wrong. So I decided I was going to drive it and not get gas until the gas light came on. So that I knew if the gas gauge was working and I actually wrote down on the odometer every day, how much, because I thought my gas gauge was broken. And so I'd write down on the odometer how many miles that I drove every single day. 
and I was trying to figure out how much mileage I got per mile and gasoline and to see if my gas gauge was working or not. And as it turned out, the car was just getting really good gas mileage. It was a little Dodge Omni, you know, um, it was a little Dodge something, but it wasn't an Omni. I ended up driving an Omni for a while and that got really good gas mileage too. Uh, but it was another Dodge, it was a little four door thing and it got freaking gas mileage like crazy. So I drove the wheels off of that thing. Um, but I think just got great gas mileage and I was used to driving cars that were like gas guzzlers, right? So yes, we can, so, so no, we can, this is what it's all about. We can reclaim the matrix and we're doing that now. They're losing and they know it. And then they're, they're in their death throes. This is the desperation of a dying coup. They've had control for all this time and they're losing control and we're waking up and they can't stop us anymore. And so now what they're trying to do is they're trying to beat you into submission with threats and fear and coming at you hard, hard, hard. And people are still going, no, done with this, done with this. So reflect on it. If you have to go back and listen to what I said, if you don't believe something I said, look it up and see if I'm true. If you go down those, those uh, rabbit holes for yourself, you're going to be in far better place than you are now. And you'll agree with me. <laughs> right? So all of what you think is prophecy is only someone who looked at events and saw possible events period right so that's why the predictions of the future hit and miss and they always have been because all of us change that narrative that's why they get scared and it's not because well we can vote them out they're in office and they're like we're gonna make you guys all have to get the shot and like 25 percent of the people said yeah no and at first they went you're gonna get it because we're gonna make you get it and in some countries where they had no other recourse, they started backing off of that narrative because they knew that they had no way of telling the government, no, Americans went out and started buying more guns. <laughs> so all of a sudden they went, okay, 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 hold on, hold on here. All right. They're not going to allow you to go anywhere or do anything if you don't have the paperwork that says you have a shot. And then the people in the free states were like, we're not doing that. And we're going to sue to get it stopped. And we're not going to fire people if they don't have a shot. And only the Democratic states and cities are still doubling down and tripling down on that. Contra Costa County, where I grew up as a kid, um, they have you have to have a card to go and watch a movie or you know go to a nightclub that says I got shot. Um, that won't last very much longer, right? People are going to go fuck you. People don't like being told we're Americans. The one thing that we have that is within us is we're defiant. That's why we became free. We defied tyranny and became free. This They called this an experiment. And when it started, they thought we could just take this back from them whenever we want. And then we armed ourselves and said, hell no. And that was their downfall. And they know it. And that's why the rest of the world instinctively follows America when we do these things. In all the countries who have their own weapons, they're free. All the countries that gave up their weapons are under a dictatorship currently. Do you understand? And it's because they're doubling down. The masses don't have any way of controlling us. We have all the control over them, except for 360 million Americans with 380 million guns. Do you see? Do you understand? So the people here may not be saying it out loud. The silent majority, you guys not, may not be talking, but you are. And I'm pointing that out for those of you who don't understand it. I know who you people are out there who are afraid. You're afraid to say anything because you're afraid you're going to be canceled or arrested or something. But you're still an American and you still have your American ideology. You're still middle of the road, not a not a far right winger, far left winger. You're a moderate. Most Americans, most humans are moderate. And there's people all over the world who are in the same boat 
as us, but they don't have the weapons to stand against the government. So they're a little more afraid to stand up. I'm speaking of everywhere, Australia, Italy, all the countries in Europe that are having the problems that are the governments are forcing things to happen. You guys are still, you guys can still fight without doing physical fighting. And that is the way to win this war. The way to win this war has nothing to do with conventional nuclear tactics, has nothing to do with revolutions where people are shooting each other in the streets. None whatsoever. That's their world. They want that because they can justify horrific tragedies and assaults on the human life forms on this planet by saying you took a weapon to us. So we nuked your ass. Do you understand? They can't wait for the people of this country to pull out their guns so that they can just kill all of them and justify it. Okay. And that's what they'll do. So buying the guns is great to defend yourself. If that's the last line of defense, but I am, I would never call for any kind of uprising that way. You don't have to, you don't have to the greatest way to defeat tyranny and evil is with your mind is with what your, your voice for one. And the only way you can have a proper voice is to have the proper mind. Do you see? You have to ascend and open that one eye and have that eye to see. And when you do that, then you see the reality of what's going on. And that was Neo waking up to the matrix and seeing the ones and the zeros and the zeros and the ones. And they utilize that exact same dichotomy in the new movie. I see that in the trailer, not because I saw the movie yet, because it's not out. Right. But it's in the trailer, you see that. He goes, but he takes the, the uh, red pill again and goes back to being able to see the matrix. And then uh, it's a real resurrection because he's probably going to resurrect everybody and bring them back, wake them up. I'm not sure. I, I don't know the whole plot. But I think that's what they're doing there. Because what they did do, and I think this is why they're apologizing, is they did paint that entire thing as plot by the AI god just to find out who was in that position to revolt. And then it happens again and again and again and again. And that was the narrative they tried to preach to you. But if you listen to the Oracle and what she was saying, she was explaining that, yes, it happens over and over and over again, not because they do that on purpose to find that person and squelch that person. It's happening because the human race is starting to wake up. That was what was supposed to be the narrative that you were supposed to gain from that. But most people didn't take that from that. So it kind of sucked that they put that out there and most people still took the negative uh, uh, message that it doesn't matter, man, you can never beat the matrix. It's in charge. And they just do this on purpose to screw with you and catch you and then put you back in the matrix. And most people got that from that. And I didn't at the time, but I realized that most people, that's the message they got. And now they're making this next movie. And I think they're doing that to make it perfectly clear. I don't know. We'll see what the agenda is. If their agenda is draconian, they're going to double down on you can't beat the Matrix. And again, Neo is going to be recaptured and inserted into the Matrix at the end of this one, unless they plan to have another trilogy. Right. But if they're in service to others, you're going to see them blatantly tell you that same narrative that it's not done on purpose to catch one of them and put you back in the Matrix so that you don't end up taking over, but that the entire narrative is for us to wake up and realize that we, as a collective control the matrix because we do because we do
<laughs> Julie says our Zion gets paid, gets fifty miles a gallon, but only when we drive south to to South Carolina because it's downhill. Because <laughs> it's downhill, you get better gas mileage going downhill than you do coming going up. Well, if I leave from here and drive down to the San Francisco Bay Area, I get great gas mileage going down, uh, but it's uphill the whole way <laughs> coming back north. I'm going uphill, so it's so it's different. So it's more taxing, right, on your car. So that's hilarious, right? Going downhill, you get more gas mileage. Why? Because you're coasting. You get the car up to speed, and, and you get your foot kind of just barely resting on the gas to keep it at that speed, and you're going downhill. So you're going to get way more gas. If the wind is behind you, you get better gas mileage than if it's blowing in front of you. If, it's, if you're in a headwind, you go slower. Car has to work harder, burn more gas to push through the wind. That's why they started making vehicles more and more uh, aerodynamic, so that they could cut through that wind easier, and the rim resistance was less and less and less, so you get better and better gas mileage. Right, and then making them out of lighter and lighter materials for the same reason. You get better gas mileage. So yeah, that's just physics. That's funny, right? Only when we go downhill. She says, hey, exactly. I told my husband that, and he just rolled his eyes. But it's true. It's physics. <laughs> that's downhill from here. This is uphill. No joke. All right, guys. I, I didn't plan on going three hours, and I know I went way off from just talking about the Third World War, but all of that is. Uh, uh, is needed to know. All of this is the same. It's all one. People people don't understand that everything, and they go, I don't talk about religion. I don't want to talk about politics. Well, then what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? The TV show that we watched last night? Do you realize that the moral of that story is either a religious or or, or, or a political, philosophical uh, moral? Come on, man. <laughs> the, the stories they tell you even in comedies are the same. They're slipping in politics and religion every five seconds, and you laugh. <laughs> you watch any episode of, of Last Man Standing, his character is blatantly white, entitled a Republican, and he's rich, right? And so he's always like, oh, Hillary Clinton, yeah, Barack Obama, yeah. right? So he's playing that character on purpose. And then his next-door neighbor happens to be African-American, Marine, ex-Marine. African-American who's married to a devout Democrat, and he is also a Democrat. Do you understand? So they have those two characters there to show you that dichotomy, and then they uh, go at each other. And then him being uh, uh, the, uh, what's his name, uh, the, last, the last man standing, the, what's his name's character, uh, being very rich uh, Republican, his daughter married a Canadian liberal. And they're constantly going at each other, and he's constantly picking on him for being Canadian, and and, and you know how nice and, and Canadians are, and and how they're all freaking bleeding heart liberals, and you know what I mean. And they they make it funny, but they're still teaching you the paradigm they want you to believe in. They're still indoctrinating you. So when you think you're not dealing with politics and religion, oh, I'm just dealing with ancient aliens. Well, there's politics and religion that's involved in that. When you get the aliens here now, it's all politics and spirituality, man. All of it has to do with all of that. Because those people who are in charge disrupted the matrix and took control of it. They inserted themselves and are trying to insert themselves as gods in the matrix. They are using politics. They are using religion. They are using everything, television, radio, everything, to brainwash you to their narrative. So I don't want to talk about politics, man. I don't want to talk about religion. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about NASCAR. Do I need to get involved with how NASCAR has to do with 
politics and religion. <laughs> do, do I need to point that out? Right? No? Some of you don't know, right? Watch NASCAR. Before every show, everybody prays. Everybody stands up, takes off their hat, crosses their heart, and they all pray. And then they play the Pledge of Allegiance, and everybody stands there singing the Pledge of Allegiance. Now they're indoctrinating the kids to Christianity and American way before the race even starts. Every sporting event in America, they play the national anthem of the United States. Why is that important? Why would they have to feel that they need to do that? Every day you're indoctrinated in school. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic. And no one even notices that. I remember when I was 17 and the guy was telling me about, talking about politics to me on our construction crew. And he was an old Vietnam vet and I was 17 years old. I shouldn't even been working. I wasn't even 18 yet, but the guy hired me because I was good at what I did. So I'm working and he says, he's talking about, well, you know, what, what, what kind of country do you live in? I said, I live in a democracy. He says, no, you don't. You live in a republic. No, I don't. He says, do you know the national anthem? I said, yeah. He said, say it. So then I did. And to the, and to the republic, I'm sorry, what? He said to me. I said, and to the republic. That's right. To the republic for which it stands. Not to the democracy for which it stands. Not to the democratic state to which it stands. To the republic for which it stands. Look that up. California is not a, is not a democracy. It's a republic. Republic of California. It's not even called the state of California. It's the Republic of California. Look that up and see why that was named that way. These things are out there that we don't know about until someone tells us. I didn't understand that because I was a young kid. And he said, wait a minute, to the Republic for which it stands. One nation under God. So now we have politics and religion in the oath that I'm being indoctrinated into. I don't want to talk about politics. I want to talk about religion. You've been indoctrinated to both your entire life. You can't turn the television on. You can't go on the internet without being indoctrinated with the same knowledge about religion and politics. So, Jack, if you want to hide from it, you've got to put your head in the sand and don't read a book, don't watch television, nothing. Nothing. Because everything is designed to distract you away from you finding your own consciousness. That's what it's all about. They don't care how. In fact, they have broad spectrums of something to get the attention of every single human. Rarely does any human not. It only happens once you become knowledgeable what's going on and the third eye opens and you see the world for what it is. And then people turn off that shit. And then the, the shit they don't turn off, they still understand what's happening to them when they watch it. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So you can't get trapped by a thing that you're expecting to happen because it's not tricking you. You understand what they're saying and why they're saying it. And that happens when I'm watching TV and I go, oh, that was a good attempt. Didn't get me. But it's there constantly. That's how they control the narrative. It's through osmosis. Do you know what that word means? Look it up. Whether you hear it or see it or not, it's there subliminally. You probably understand that word. So the subliminal message is right before your eyes, right in front of your eyes. And that's why they have product placement when they're trying to sell you a product. And make sure that it gets on the screen so you have to see it. You don't get a choice anymore. They'll hold it up here, but now you don't want to look at it because you're not going to. But then all of a sudden, pop, they make you see it. They make you see it. Name of the company comes up. The product gets right up in front of the screen. Buy me now. Buy me now. Go now. Call this number now. Now, now, now. Buy me now. That stuff works on people. And if you're sleeping and that's being played because you turn the TV on, leave it on all night, you're being indoctrinated 24 hours a day. No rest. The information is getting in your head 24 hours a day. If you play music when you sleep, same thing. 
If you play anything, I would wager that if you took those, oh, well, I can't sleep unless I hear land, seascape or birds, nature. I would wager that it's somewhere in a subroutine in that music is information indoctrinating you too, but you can't hear it. Okay. I watched a couple of videos of David, of David Icke. It was weird. And I thought because I was high, I was thinking something was there that wasn't. I kept reminding it and realized that it was there. It wasn't me being high. And you can look these up. The, there, I don't know what the I don't know the the just Google David Ike and like this week, last week. He's he they've had a couple of videos they posted on this one channel. And it's not just David Ike. It's uh, I'll have to maybe I'll, I'll get it for next week and I'll and I'll show you the name of it. Um, but there was a couple of, of videos that I was watching, and while they were talking about the temporal war and things that was going on while David Ike was doing that, they were superimposing a soundbite of a person's voice saying one word and it was always at a pause when he was speaking and sometimes agreeing with what he said, right? So he's saying, so they usurped the matrix and then you hear a female voice going, yes. So this entire thing was a plan by them to do this. And then there's a male voice saying a different word. And this went on and there was different voices each time. Sometimes it was the same voice. And I thought it was the, the guy that was interviewing him until he started speaking. And then I realized it wasn't him going, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It wasn't. It was different voices, men and women. And I went, what the fuck? And I rewound it and started listening to it again. And some of it, I would close my eyes. I put on here on the, uh, the headset. And some of the words I didn't understand, they were in a different language. And some of the ones I did understand because I understood the language and I, and I was like, let me make sure I understand that. And so I looked it up on, on Google Translate. And when I, okay, I was right about that. That's what that means. So not only are they giving you the subliminal one-word messages, and while he's talking, they're doing it in different languages. I, and I didn't hear that in, in a lot of, you know, sometimes I hear stuff like that. And I think, wow, did I just hear something? And then I go back and, and you know, and I go, well, there was something there, but I don't know what it is. Right? So... They're doing that. And even with David Icke explaining how the matrix was taken, somebody was putting messages in there. And I was trying to figure out, whether I, maybe I was tripping because I was high, was this the AI God that was putting this information in there that was trying to convince people this was a good thing that happened? Or was this someone else putting something in there to try and accentuate the point so that you would understand it subliminally, you would hear a female voice uh, agree with him. Came into your head, but it was there on the audio tape. You could hear it. So you guys should look into that. That was pretty weird, right? So they do shit like that. Do you understand? They do shit like that. And they, they used to do that with visuals, and they got caught and sued in the state of California and eventually the rest of the world where they used to put subliminal messages in the movies to get you to eat more popcorn, soda, and candy from the lobby. And so you'd be sitting there watching television, and they cut a, a frame in with popcorn. And then uh, 10 seconds later, one frame with a, a Snickers candy bar. And 10 seconds later, one frame with the with some other candy bar or a drink, right? And then they would have intermission and everybody would run out and buy those things. They didn't realize it, but they increased the sales by doing that. So they stopped people from doing that. And if you look at the movie Fight Club, they show you that in Fight Club where he's cutting into the little kids movie with porn. And he shows you the one place where it's happening and the kids are like, huh? And you hear the sound uh, of a woman going, huh? 
And the mom and dad look at each other like, what was that? And the kids are like looking up and they're kind of shocked because subconsciously they saw a huge male penis screwing this woman. And so did the parents. Right. And subconsciously he was doing that. And that was him being, a, you know, being a, a terrorist, basically. <clears throat> and, and doing that, you know, just like going and peeing in the in the uh, fountain or peeing in the in the, in the fruit bowl or the, the, you know, the fruit punch. So that was stuff to disrupt the world. He was just trying to wake people up and disrupt the world. If you look at the what that whole movie was about, that movie was about waking you up to the realization of what really is going on uh, in the world. And he was doing it to the extreme. Do you see? Starting basically like a revolution uh, of, of this stuff. And he realized that. And, and at the end, eventually he had to kill that part of himself. Uh, that he had split, he had to he had to mend that split, and the and the the sacrificial him taking the gun and shooting it through himself, but it came out of the side of his cheek and it didn't kill him, but that symbolically killed the other part of him, and he became whole again, right? So that whole thing was a psychological wake up. Realize that your life is fake. Realize that this single service, all this stuff, everything that I'm telling you. The movie Fight Club is telling you most people just watch the fights and go, yeah, man, this is a great movie. That guy was cuckoo. That was a great movie. Never caught it. But subconsciously, the, the narrative is the narrative that I was just telling you. The narrative was him waking up, realizing that the part of him that was believing all of this was Tyler Durden and became Tyler Durden because that's who he wanted to be. But he wasn't that person. So his mind split and became that guy that that is the, the 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 what the universe wants what the matrix wants you to be right and that was somehow well, better than the character he was because he wasn't adventurous and he never did anything <clears throat> right so his break became the cool guy that he wanted to be and the cool guy lived the life he wanted to have and he didn't realize that that was actually him doing it and, and, and because of the split and eventually he realized you have the potential to do anything that you want to do. And that was what it was. You have to look within yourself and become one with yourself. That was the moral of that story was the same moral that I'm telling you that, that Jesus was trying to teach you the way to heaven is through me. He said, but he meant through my teaching, listen to what I'm telling you, look within yourself. You don't have to go. What do you say in the sermon on the Mount? You don't have to go to that box for God to hear you. He was teaching people to look within. That whole movie was that. The whole movie was teaching you to look within and make peace with who you are inside and become one with yourself, become whole. And he became whole at the end and basically walked away from everything and got the girl. Do you see? But most people just saw it as a superficial, dude, there's this really cool fight club thing, man. And people made fight clubs and beat each other up and broke each other's bones, so, uh, you know, bare knuckle fighting uh, all over the United States and the world because of that movie. But this, the, that wasn't what the moral was supposed to be. Although that part of it was being defiant to the world and not operating within the system by going and, and feeling and experiencing and it's outside of the norms of society, outside of the matrix of society. So that was what they were trying to show you with the bare knuckle fighting. But it didn't mean anything. It was just you fighting, uh, you know, another guy. And at the end, you guys laughed and hugged each other and thanked each other for busting each other's nose and knocking teeth out. Right. 
but it was getting to know yourself and your own limitations, getting to understand you. And then that brings peace within you because you're understanding your body and you start understanding your own personality. Now you start looking within. That was what the entire storyline was about. Most people didn't catch it, but subconsciously, you caught it if you saw it. And that's in every movie. And that's how I can tell when I watch a movie, whether that movie is made by someone who's in service to others or service to self. If the evil people win at the end, that was written by an in service to self people. If good always prevails, it was written by someone who is in service to others. And they're trying to show you the secrets. And they may not even know it. They may not even understand Right. Pardon me. This time I'm actually scratching because I have a itch. <laughs> that's not that's not me not agreeing with what I'm saying and lying to you. Um, they may not even understand what they wrote. It was a great story. So they might they may have channeled that because subconsciously all of our souls are working towards waking us up because they know they're stuck up here higher. They know that we're stuck here. So everything that comes from us and that we create is constantly reiterating to us. The story all the time. That's why they have to keep distracting you with other things. Don't look there. Don't look there. Don't listen to that. That was just superficial because everything's just superficial. Single service. That's all we want you to know, right? Don't buy a house. Don't buy a car. Don't set down roots to where you're going to actually spend time contemplating. We want to be in total control of everything you have. You're going to borrow a car from me, rent it, and then you're going to, what we call it leasing now. You're going to rent a car from me. You're going to rent a house from me. In fact, if I can get you in an apartment, not a house, I'll do it. Knock them fucking houses down. They're trying to do that here in the United States right now. They're trying to destroy the what they call the nuclear family. So they're trying to integrate all these apartment complexes for lower housing in every rural neighborhood to change the neighborhood. And then they're moving uh, everybody and integrating everybody to create tension. Do you understand? Lower the property value of anybody who has property by bringing crime into the neighborhoods and homelessness. Therefore, your money doesn't go up. You don't create and don't buy a house and then have more money and get to sell a house when you're in your 60s and sell it for, you know, you bought it for uh, 400,000 and now you're selling it for a million because your property never becomes that wealthy. The only property that they do that with is the property that the property management companies and are wanting to first sell the house. Do you understand? So they wanna knock down all your shit and build new things so that they make money off of that. They don't want you owning something because they've decided that this is the king's land. You don't get to own it anymore. You used to own the land you live on. Now you have to pay a tax for what you're living on because the king owns it. Somewhere along the line, the government of the United States just decided that that's all our land. We own it. You don't own it. No human owns it. We do. Do you understand that? That's what they did. And they've done that everywhere. It's part of their plan. So there is nothing that isn't politics, that isn't religion, that isn't spirituality that you could focus on. Period. First time you understand that will be the end of your indoctrination. First time you question something is the beginning of the end of your indoctrination. That's you taking. Taking the red pill, eating the fruit in the garden. It's the same metaphor. That's you gaining knowledge 
And then when you gain knowledge, you can't do anything besides continue to gain knowledge unless they have you bumped off and then you recycle and it's all taken from you again. They can't wait for you to die because everything you've learned goes with you unless you leave something behind for the universe and for the people. Do you understand? All right, guys, have a great weekend. It's now late for me. It was almost eight o'clock at night. I got to feed my mother. <laughs> so I've been on you for four, almost four hours. Three hours, 34 minutes, and 10 seconds. Six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> By the time it gets to you, if you look at the clock, it's, it's it, you know, lag. All right, guys. So I love you guys. I love every one of you. Namaste. Have a great weekend. I will be back on Wednesday. We'll be doing Skull Island. They were on, at least Aaron was. And I think uh, I think that uh, that Peter was on as well. I'll be on with them on Wednesday. I took Wednesday off because I had to put my cat down on Wednesday. And I was not, I was crying. I was crying most of the day into the night, still getting choked up thinking about it now. Right. Cause it's only been a couple of days and I haven't even gotten rid of his cat litter or, or cat food yet. Right. I've left it here cause the girl cat comes in here and still eats and, and poops in there. So I haven't changed that yet. I might, uh, you know, so, all right, guys. So hopefully that helped, right? In some way, if you guys have questions, ask me. You know, I know for me, whenever I get on here and talk, I feel like I'm just saying the same things over and over and over again because I am, <laughs> right? And I have been for years. Everybody, you watch a different show. If you don't realize that every single time I'm on, you know, I'm talking in metaphors and parables, but I'm saying the same thing always over and over and over as many different ways as I can possibly think of saying it to you. I'm saying these things to you. Yeah. Thank you, Sharon. She said, thank you, Leo, for all your hard work and sorry for your buddy's loss. Yeah. He had, he had, uh, um, he became diabetic and the, they said the reason that he became diabetic was because he had cancer uh, and we didn't know it. So he had cancer that exacerbated his body and threw it out of whack and he became diabetic and, and um, he lost a few pounds here and there, but it wasn't anything drastic until right close to the end. And then he just went and sucked up. And we're like, Whoa, get him into the doctor. By the time we got into the doctor, it was just too late. She was like, we can keep him alive, but if we do, he's just going to die in three to six months and you're going to have $50,000 bill or we can put him out of his misery now and save you some money. I and mean, that's what it came down to. So just for me to take him in and have them euthanize him and, and uh, burn him and put him in an urn and bring him back cost me $1,100. <laughs> That's crazy. It cost me $1,100 just to, there's $200 to walk in the, the emergency veterinary hospital with my cat. 200 just to walk in. $450 for x-rays. So I didn't get those done. We did blood work. That was bad enough. Um, and then the, and then it was $270 for the cremation and all that. So all the rest of that money, that $900 was admitting him and testing him and then euthanizing him. Isn't that crazy? It would have been less if I had, I didn't have a primary care for him out here in California. Had I done that, it would have probably cost me about $400 because I would have been at a, um, not an emergency uh, care facility. Emergency care facilities are you know, 10 times more expensive. So I don't care about the cost. I just I'm like, oh my God, had I known that, I would have got him in someplace before. So he had a primary, take him into the primary. <laughs> it would have been cheaper. So, <clears throat> however, um, he's a cool guy. He was a cool guy. I have good pictures. I posted some of my favorites. 
Uh, my wife gave me some, uh, my soon-to-be ex-wife gave me some of him when he was a little baby. So if you look on that and you go down through there, you'll see him really small compared to him being really big. Uh, and so that my, my favorite photo, uh, I think I said that on there, is the one where he's looking right at the camera. He's looking right into the camera at me and I take a picture of him. He's sitting next to a box of Triscuits. <laughs> All right, guys, I love you. Uh, I'll see you guys on some of you on Wednesday. And if not, we'll be back on Friday and I'll try to get back to the alien interview so we can finish that out instead of, uh, you know, which we end up talking about all the same shit because it's all the same shit. Everything is one. Once you realize that we're all one, everything is one. Once you realize that we're, we're actually better off uh, for it. All right, guys, have a great night. I'm reaching for the, my, uh, my mouse to control my phone. That's funny. All right, guys, have a great night. I love you. And I'll see you uh, some, some other time and share this out, share this out, share this out. Right.